Hey, producer Adi here with a quick note about the audio quality in this episode. We recorded this when I didn't have access to a decent mic, so it was a bit tricky getting the levels right. I hope you enjoy the show despite my technical difficulties. Thanks for listening. And I was just, <laughs> we were kind of joking around and I just kind of got to the point where I was like, you know, if you ever do um, really decide that you're going to kill yourself, please just tell me and then we'll get you heroin and we'll just, you know, we'll just have you do heroin until you die. You know, there's no reason to, to kill you. You know, you can enjoy, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll try to work you through it and whatever. We'll give it some time. But then if we can't, I mean, if you're not going to smile for the rest of your life, we'll get you some heroin and let's do it that way. You know, so that's my actual, like, that's my plan. <laughs> that's like, it can't be that hard. It can, I, it's not going to be hard for me, you know, like, so to find heroin that is okay wait so yeah you gotta introduce yourself because how how is the, how is the episode gonna start just like a little music and then i come in you just want to introduce yourself in the beginning or should i come in and be like hey welcome back to Mega, I mean, everybody yeah you huh? should like come in like first welcome everyone to the show yeah. i've run out of water so now i um my mouth's all dry i gotta do this but okay um <laughs> welcome back to another <laughs> usually i do this alone ideally when none of my roommates are home and shame in my room as quietly <laughs> as i can so... <laughs> that's relatable <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh i don't know you know um well welcome to make america get along again or mega if you're cool See, no, I can't do this. I can't. <laughs> no, you're I can never do it. Even for gender fluids, when Ava would try to, no, when Ava would try to get me to do this, I'm always like, I can't. I'm, I'm not cut out for this work. <laughs> um, welcome back to MAGA, everybody. Well, I can't call it MAGA. It's Make yeah. America Get Along Again, but it's MAGA for short. But I can see how, like, sometimes I put that in a in a profile, Twitter profile or something, and then I realize it just looks like I'm some kind of weird offshoot of the MAGA people, so I have to say Make America Get Along Again, but welcome back to Make America Get Along Again, or MAGA, everybody. Um, thanks for tuning in. This week, uh, I'm talking to someone besides Zaylee, <laughs> so um, that's good. Just kidding. Well, I don't know what to say about you. I, I guess I can just tell the truth, unless you want me to um, know um, something about you, you that I should say. I sent you a trauma or erotica. Did you send me a like, bio? Once. I don't know if Ava oh is that me. yes so our guest today <laughs> is uh, uh, oh no, oh, no I just, erotica story yeah, that's all you know about me I think uh, no hopefully you know more about me now but um, okay I, I know am plenty about you now I'm a San Francisco trans woman and I'm 29 um, I'm a small liberal arts college dropout, um, former sex worker, uh, I don't know, is that good? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, sure, that's good. And we, um, met or know each other because you reached out to the Gender Fluids Instagram page, maybe yeah. originally? Yeah. Um, I don't remember. I'm not going to remember all the details. I feel like you actually had written Ava something 
that I I check the Instagram every now and then because we're both logged on on our phones, you know. So I check it sometimes, and I'll try to kind of go through and see some messages and follow up if she's forgotten about people. Um, but I think I saw you say something like about our conversation that you had some opinions about, and then I wanted to like have that conversation with you on my own Instagram page, right? Oh uh, yeah, we were and supposed to talk about non-binary people. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, part two. Okay. But sure, I'm down. I mean, I feel I have some things to say, but I'm not as, like, riled up as I was at one point. Um, yeah. yeah, well, you've stopped smoking pot, so. <laughs> but I think it, it's fun to talk about, or I would have, yeah. we could have an interesting conversation. It's fun to get riled up sometimes too. I hope everyone understands. I like getting riled up, so it's like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> stuck. <fun>. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and then we, yeah, we've just chatted about things every now and then or something. And you offered to um, potentially try to produce the podcast. So I'm trying, I'm which I think would be tight. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. just. I think it's becoming uh, the podcast too. I think we're becoming something where like, okay, some we might have recurring guests as well as like um, get to the point where we're using recurring guest segments in between, like in, in the middle, we have a little, oh, let's check in with so-and-so this week and then a new guest around that, something like that. That's fine. Cause there's some people I just want to talk to more often, you know, yeah. just like how now Joe Rogan is, uh, you know, having Bridget Phetasy and and tim dylan on his podcast more now that he's in texas he's gotta like either fly people out or find people who happen to be in the area or coming through or can come through or whatever so i'm like yeah, that's fine you can have yeah. tim dylan on every fifth episode <laughs> i'm good if, if you too. get, if you you get comments on the podcast on this i hope you can let me know or before them. Oh, sure. i'm just interested what people think yeah, we can also, you know, at some point make a, a MAGA Instagram or whatever and then have logins for that and make it into a whole thing. I mean, I really wanted to get this off the ground a lot earlier so that I could try to save the country from this, uh, what's happening in our election cycle. But obviously, any timeline of that, I was going to be late to the game for the the momentum that this whole thing already had. But I do want to try. It'll be interesting if Trump loses and leaves um, to have it still be called Make America Get Along Again, because I feel like it loses a little bit of the punch um, than if Trump is in office. So there's a tiny part of me that, for career reasons, wants Trump to get reelected. <laughs> so that I'm like, okay, guys, now we really got to make oh, <laughs> get You need me more than ever. We got we to gotta ride this storm <laughs> together. And we're gonna... Yeah. Oh, my God. My, my dog I has no idea. Well, I, I feel like all of this... You what? I have yeah. like I, I have like zero I'm, idea what it would be like if he wins or even if he loses. Like I'm totally. This is, yeah. I have no idea. But it's not. It seems like a disaster either way. As uh, as Tim Dillon, I think, put it the other day on some episode, he was like, um, "This doesn't even feel like an election. It feels like a going at a business sale." <laughs> you know, <laughs> country. Yeah, that's so apt. Like, yeah. Um, but anyway, I feel like the services as a as an introduction. I feel like yeah. I'm <laughs> all of this, and I'm like, yeah, there you go. It's we're two people talking. I don't know what do you want from us. Um, just listen to our conversation. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for <laughs> we, listening. We, what do we talk about? Follow, 
I'm going to speak to the audience. Like, thank you. I appreciate you. Value your time. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Thank you. I do forget to thank my audience as much as I should, I think. Um, Because they're hypothetical, right? (laughs) They don't exist yet, but like they will. Oh, but there's, no, they do exist though. There's, there's, there's people listening. Um, I mean, like live. Oh, like right right now. But yeah, but that's, (laughs) you just get used to that. Yeah. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Damn it. I am high. (laughs) No. Uh, yeah. So that's our intro. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah. Can we tease what, um, what topics we covered today? Oh yeah. Okay. So we talked about beauty standards and like self-esteem. Mormonism and its impact on our sex and kink lives. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we talked about you being uh, canceled in part oh, of the yeah. Bay Area. Also for things I've said on Facebook. Um, yeah. People don't like it, but it's always when I didn't take my meds. Okay, so um, talk yeah, about mental about illness. Trans people not taking their meds. <laughs> Relationships. <laughs> Domestic violence. Um, we talked about endemic pedophilia. Um, yeah. What else? Uh, oh, the penis. We talked about the, uh, not weaponizing the penis yeah. and and how um, my life's work. We, yeah, we had a really good bumper sticker about that. Well, people will just have to listen, as will I, <laughs> to remember that. But. <laughs> Okay, I have to go let my, my dog needs to pee. I think that was a good intro. The penis is not an apology. <laughs> <laughs> small dicks, hashtag small dicks matter. Okay, well, it's good to meet you, or whatever we call these yeah. things anymore. <laughs> Likewise. Um, and, and do you go by Astrid or Addie or... Um, both. I'm Astrid. You know, it depends how, like, professional you want to be with me. Um... Yeah. <laughs> so ask is Addie short for Astrid? Yeah, that's like how it's supposed to work. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean I mean if uh if Hank could be short for Henry or whatever it is, then I think Addie can for sure be short for Astrid. I don't know if that's like a established thing or Yeah. Just we're blazing new territory. Yeah. Astrid is my middle name, um, that I go by. Oh. Oh, my first name. The nickname is uh, Sissy, but I don't. I don't use that. <laughs> Your first name's nickname is Sissy, right? Well, like Francis, right? Like, did you see the Umbrella Academy <laughs> season two? <laughs> um. Oh no. What? Is, what is Umbrella Academy? Oh, sorry. It's just a Netflix show, and there's a character named Sissy, which is. Presumably short for Francis, with an E. Mm. Sissy is then, are we spelling that C-I-S-S-I-E? I don't know. I just found it very, I was like, can you imagine? And I was like, oh, I don't have to. But like, it's, no one calls me <laughs> that. I would not let them. <laughs> yeah, I f- especially if we're spelling it like C-I-S-S-I-E or something like that, then that's also like kind of a half-joking, half-pejorative nickname for cis people that I've heard bandied about. So yeah. <laughs> you could you could own it in, like, a fun, 
ironic way. <laughs> There's a grad school I'm trying to go to, and it's um, C-I-I-S. That's the initials. Um, nice. So I'm loving that. <laughs> They've got to be having fun over there with that. There's no way people aren't having, like, cis pride parades, but... <laughs> oh my god. You know, I hope so. Two eyes, everyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you've got to. It's In 2020, a- I don't know. It could go either way. If the right person proposes it, great. If the wrong person does, they're going to get canceled, but... Or I shouldn't say get canceled. I just... I just wrote like a little thing about how I don't want us to all use passive voice when we're talking about the the cancellation of people because it's like that could mean anything. It might not mean that much. And then people could be like saying, oh, cancel culture is out of control when it turns out that the person just got yelled at it on Twitter. And it also can be like, don't say uh, some, oh, if someone has been canceled, are you canceling them in your life or whatever? Like, let's talk about what we're actually doing and not... Just make it into this. Someone has been canceled. Oh, they have been? By whom? Is there a king <laughs> deciding right. who's on the cancellation list? Because, yeah. yeah. The United States canceled. Kind of sounds like Bureau. blacklisted. Right. Well, it's interesting, right? Because I would say blacklisting is sort of against a lot of our religions, if you, you know, if you will. And but yet, what that's kind of what we're talking about a lot of times when we say someone's been canceled. It's like some people who might be politically more or less aligned with me have put that person on a blacklist. You know. I've been canceled before. You said you've been canceled before. <laughs> oh yeah, like a few times. <laughs> by by whom? In what way? Like, uh, the East Bay transgender community, so that's the East San Francisco Bay, um, not the actual San Francisco, um, trans community, they love me, um, and Facebook. So on the uh, island, you're good. (laughs) Uh, It's a peninsula, I, I can see how it looks like an island, but... Yeah. Oh, I my geography. It's like me with cars. I know there's cars, there's trucks, there's jeeps. I've got like large land masses, islandy <laughs> type of things. You know what I mean? I know there's. <laughs> I don't know what a tributary is, or you know. Anyway, it feels um, like a peninsula. <laughs> yes, it's connected. Yeah. I think yeah, I'm calling it an island, like a big gay island for fun. I like yeah. thinking of it as an island. Well, there's I don't like, know how it identifies. It's like on the, what is it? The west, north, and east is all water. And then to the south is like a mountain range. So it really is cut off. Um, yeah. Right. It's islandy, island esque. Yeah. And it definitely has an island again, mentality. What... Right. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and I mean, I've been to, <laughs> I've been to uh, SF. Are we? Call- I feel douchey no matter what I call San Francisco. By the way, <laughs> I feel <laughs> like there's no way to get it right. SF, SF sounds San a little too. Uh, I was just gonna say San Francisco every time. I can't. <laughs> I mean, because and I don't. When you if you say the Bay, is that the whole area, or yeah, is that just bay. specifically? I mean, some the people... The Bay Area. Yeah, right. The Bay Area. Some people think, like, Sacramento and, like, Stockton are part of the Bay Area. And I'm just like... 
right okay <laughs> yeah that's like people that's like people saying that pflugerville is part of austin or whatever like okay you want to feel like a part of something and so you're gonna but sacramento is too far away will you light it for me <laughs> i'm so jealous of that by the way <laughs> uh you should be jealous of uh of my girlfriend's spliff rolling abilities oh my god it's like yeah her fingers are the machine <clears throat> um she is from california she has lived in stack okay you got everything yeah. oh you found oh, mind. that was a hallucination um <laughs> okay so i don't have to sort out the, how to use the the Bay Area terms completely, but well, I do know just like with pretty much every city, the East Side is always uh, always winds up becoming either like just simply like the cool side, the young side, the hipster side, and or and especially maybe in the case of San Francisco, it, like when you say East Bay Area, that's like Oakland and Oakland and Berkeley basically. Oakland and Berkeley, okay. Oakland and Berkeley basically. Um, that's also kind of the most. I would say my understanding of Berkeley is that. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I will need that again. I'm sure that Berkeley is particularly like very liberal, very progressive and liberal, and you know so infused with the the university that it's just. And people are being raised always on like the the frontier of liberal parenting and whatever. Whereas I think of Oakland as um, mostly very young people who are very woke. Is um, that? I mean, the white people could be described that way, right? I feel like right. Well, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But Oakland has a lot of families, like a lot of. Yeah, it's it's like super residential. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, and then there's the port. I don't know, but for me, yeah, it's like the more like crunchier, wokier types are in like Oakland, and I mean, it's hard to be in San Francisco. You're like either homeless or you're rich. Um, On a lot of space in between, yeah. Yeah, so like I'm rich homeless no <laughs> yeah i'm like um as far as it, i think experiences of homelessness go mine is like really close to the, the top in terms of quality of life um yeah as you can see i have like a pretty nice room here um yeah but, it, but this took me a long time you have to earn your seniority kind of thing um <laughs> so is, wait so is are you in uh, uh, uh like the good room of a homeless shelter right now or what kind of i mean i yeah. I live in a transitional living uh facility it's a house yeah is that is that also are they having fun there euphemistically like a like a trans is there like a transition house yeah no it really is it's the only yeah. it's like the only housing for adult trans people like we put the trans in transition house is what they're <laughs> is that on the flyer or i like i don't brochure? think i've actually thought of that pun like until right now but for, <laughs> what yeah <laughs> well i was busy like, i guess as a comedian my brain has to always do it <laughs> no i'm i'm ashamed that i, I didn't think, think of it 
Well, it really is like you get yourself when you're like joke writing and trying to be funny all the time, you kind of get yourself into these like habits of how you pay attention to words so that every time anyone says anything that could be a double entendre or a what you know, a portmanteau or anything, I'm always doing the math on are we going to do something with that there or so you should I mean that one's right there. You should be a little embarrassed. <laughs> or not just you, but that no one else has said it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like that or you guys the dirty You should just underline like- that's what? what she said type things i'm like super yeah. quick on um i think i tried to train myself not to be but when i was a kid people would fuck with me a lot <laughs> so like i had to get like above it i had to like be ahead of it you know um yeah agreed yeah <laughs> i would rather i would just be like hey we can laugh at me with me but don't think i'm not in on the joke okay yeah. i'll get there before you get there i will get there before <laughs> Yeah. Um, I also don't want anyone to see any of my flaws before I do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, trust me, I'm on it. I know. I hate that about me, too, or whatever. Um, so, uh, so you've been canceled, you say, <laughs> by some of the East Bay a few times. You've been in and out of cancellation status yes. with some faction of East Bay people. That is true. Can you um, can you elaborate? Hated in Oakland, beloved in San Francisco. Um, I have an ex. That seems like something to be proud of. Almost. (laughs) Yeah. No. I mean, I'm whatever. I love Oakland too, but they just don't love me. Um, Yeah. My ex of six. We were together for six years, and it was a huge mess. Um, So. I tell my story in San Francisco, and they tell their story in Oakland. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of how it works. Can, um, can, can you tell? Can you tell your story on this podcast? Oh my gosh, right? you're like, wow, you you're have to. an excellent interviewer. You got like right to what I didn't want to talk about. <laughs> um, we had oh, like, good. Yeah, um, I wasn't sure. We, I didn't have an agenda, so I thought I would just find. The most uncomfortable thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. Um, I made a list of things, too, but no, we were like... Oh, perfect. I, we'll get to that right after your drama. <laughs> so, okay, so six years, right? Um, I moved here. I immediately moved in with them, and, like... And it's it, it's a them. They, your it's unclear. A, a them. They were a trans woman okay. when I met them, and then about a week before we broke up, they were like, by the way, I have a new they friend, and I'm a they now, and um, I was like, <laughs> okay. I, yeah. <laughs> Is that, okay, so the plot thickens a week yeah. before. I'm guessing that that's not why you broke up with them but that it's symptomatic of the same cluster of things that's happening that lead to the breakup it was definitely a catalyst um yeah it's and it's interesting it's always interesting to be like um i just met someone who has these pronouns my pronouns are now changing to their pronouns interesting (laughs) it was a bit suspicious interesting Um, so uh, oh, so when they said they, uh, they met someone, just, were they saying they're dating them or that they're, they're interested in them or just like I have this new friend or what's the, are y'all poly? What's the situation? Um, 
they started dating them. Yeah. And like, there was this limbo and I was getting increasingly unhinged and jealous and panicked. I was sending terrible text messages and... Wait, 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 wait. So, like, y'all were uh, poly or open or whatever? I don't know. It was never, like, we would always, oh. like, try to discuss it. And it would be like, well, kind of not. We had, like, the worst. Like, for as much as we talked to each other, we, like, didn't communicate very well. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah. Okay. So, when you say they started dating, they, when you say they started dating them... Uh, are you saying that was right after you broke up then? It was. You broke up and immediately they dated them. It's quite possible they may have broken up with me at that point, but I had not, uh, I was not aware or okay. I was delusional. I had a fantasy. I don't know. I didn't have anywhere to go at the time. And I, I moved in. It's a long story, but like that last time that we were living together, I had moved in because well, I had a sugar daddy for three years, and then he was like, you can't live here anymore. I'm going to pay your rent for a year somewhere else. And then after, like, three months, he was like, actually, go fuck yourself. So, like, I couldn't afford my rent anymore, and so I moved back yeah. in with, with them. <laughs> you, when you, while you were still together? Um well, it was on and off for six years. So we were in an off. Right. And then after okay. living together, we like started sleeping together and getting more connected again. So. Okay. But so, okay. So the timeline, as I understand it, is at some point in the six years of on and off again relationship, you move in with them. Yeah. How long did you live with them? Well, for that last segment, it was about yes, um, a year, maybe eighteen okay. months. So was it? So was it? The, was the now the timeline? Um, uh, she changes to they while introducing you to someone they had met a week before. Is that something I remembered? A week before? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And said, so is, is, are they saying, um, okay, I just met this person and I think I want to date them. So we're breaking up or so ambiguous, but you're still living with me. Like, so is that what kind of happens? And how do we get to you moving out? She, they stopped like paying attention to me or like we had this sort of, contract or something like we would cook dinner together we would like sleep together we would like watch tv we spent a lot of time together and it was very like um what's the word like (laughs) programmatic is coming to mind that's not the best word but like we just did this every day and it was very comforting for me yeah and then that stopped happening And, and essentially and essentially um it was more comfortable for the both of you. You got to, a lot of people are in relationships like this or non-relationships like this, where they say they're not in a relationship, but they act like they are, where you're, you're getting, it's kind of like you're, you're getting the milk for free or whatever. Yeah. Everyone kind of gets, 
yeah. some of the milk for free not just sexually but the milk of of comfort companionship right. you get to netflix and chill with someone even if one or both of you or some some amount of each of you knows that there's either an expiration date on this or whatever um my first ex-wife before i her or when i met her she had been living with her ex of six years for she'd been living with her ex for eight years but they broke up they'd broken up six years before so I mean, basically this is just one of those lesbians never fully break up or you know <laughs> it was basically like here that. yeah I, it just happens no one wants to hurt the other we do like the comfort of the other eventually once we meet someone or push comes to shove we'll finally rip the uh umbilical cord <laughs> the rest of the way yes. but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> It was messy. So <laughs> it was really messy. So you're saying that? <laughs> we, so you, I, they, they either told you that they were they were dating this person and y'all were breaking up, or they kind of left it ambiguous, and then you become in hint, unhinged a little bit. You said <laughs> and texting them weird things. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had a taser. I forget what happened. I. Um, okay. <laughs> Like up. a police kind of taser or a, a rape taser? What's the what's the marketing on the taser you bought? It was like a rape taser, like the little pink Amazon yeah. one. Uh, funny story, I had the real cop one before, but the actual mm-hmm. police took it from me, even though it was legal. Because sure. I checked to make sure it was legal before I bought it. Sure, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, that was um, when I, I think was, most of the, the police officers don't really actually know the laws. You know, yeah. a lot of these, uh, they, you know, the, our police departments are are half broke and half just cheap. You telling me there's a policing problem train in America? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I'm like, to, I, to anyone, it's like, yeah, there's an everything problem in America. Have you noticed our education system? Have you noticed the customer service you get at places? They're hiring. I mean, yeah, people, uh, their st- our standards are low in hiring, and then they don't bother training people that well. You know, when people talk about, like, the, um, the what was the gun? They were supposed to shoot it into the ground instead of the, instead of directly at people. Um, there's the rubber bullets. Oh, rubber bullets. People were like, oh, so it turns out you're supposed to shoot a rubber bullet into the ground so that it bounces and hits someone, um, or else it will hit them. It'll hurt them way too much. But I'm like, I'm just imagining the one good cop on the squad when this is all going down and these people decide to bust out their rubber bullets. I'm like, no, you fucking shoot them into the ground, you idiots. Did you not get trained? Did you not pay attention to training? And then I think of myself, you know, on the days that I'm training people at my little smoothie making job. And like, there's a long sheets of paper of every single thing we're supposed to go over. And you just get to the point where you're like, oh, I've run out of time. This isn't going to come up, you know, and you skip all this stuff. And it's like, that's, of course, what happened with the rubber bullets in the training. The guy was like, this, this isn't going to come up. I barely, I'm not, what am I going to go look up how to use rubber bullets? I don't fucking know. Signs it off, moves on. No, but that's, that's not just policing. That's our entire economy, the spoiled child of a country where we're all incompetent. Everyone's incompetent at their job. Of course the police are. Aren't you? You know? Incompetence is the word of the decade, I think. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Certainly the word of 2020, but I would say the whole decade. Yeah. Americans slide down. Well, that's what happens when you're a rich empire, right? We get spoiled and, you know, we don't know the value of anything anymore. And yeah, everything is short term thinking. I have like multiple um, okay, but 
<laughs> so you had a rape taser. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I didn't is- even realize we had moved up really from whistles fully. That just happened a couple years ago, I think, when we moved from rape whistles to rape taser. That's that's an improvement. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, just electrocute the dick. I guess I don't know. Or the balls to be even more effective. Oh right, I always forget about those. Um. That's <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we had this, like, sort of DV situation, and the new, the new they friend came over and was very, So you like, tased them? No, 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 no. It was in a threatening manner. We were both, it was, it was, um, it was good people on both sides, um, and... <laughs> 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 just there's human people on both sides yeah no I, I know was just... if trump had said there's human people on both sides you'd have my no i know i mean that's a wonderful that's hilarious um but there's you know but but you bring up a good point that it's like yeah people aren't good people and bad people can we talk about that people are human people were there, were there two humans? Was she, were they, you know, maybe also being a little bit unhinged and crazy to you? And maybe you both felt a lot of feelings that weren't being expressed perfectly maturely? Is that? Um, yeah, exactly. There was intentional, like, harm on both sides, for sure. And eventually... Emotional or? Emotional, yeah. Like, I don't... Yeah, nobody got, like, hurt. <laughs> um, okay. No. I think there was, like, a wrestling moment. Maybe some bruising right. or, like, falling off a bed type situation. Um, that could also just be good sex. So it's such a weird... <laughs> a wrestling? You guys got to wrestle? Like, man... I blacked I feel like out. I don't ever get to wrestle. You what? I, like, blacked out. I barely remember what happened, but I was, like, in bed, and it was, like, both of them, like standing oh, staring at me in bed and i was like in my underwear and it's just, and they're just like this yelling was, at me <laughs> this what? was a threesome wrestling this was no. like a threesome wrestling no no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i feel like i can only give um what's it called like cliff's notes of what happened um snippets but... yeah images from the yeah, yeah. Eventually, I, like, had to leave, so they, like, made me leave, and I was homeless, and I went to a friend's, and I went to, like, a a psych emergency place, and then I went to, like, a, what's it called, exploited women's shelter, and now I live in the nice trans adult transitional living, and I'm supposed to be getting, like, my own apartment soon, and... I just got a job, so I'm like, yay. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So, um, congratulations, <laughs> by the way. Oh, thanks. Uh, how long have you been between jobs? Well, for, like, <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> for a couple of years. Yeah. And I, have you I been was... trying to find work or working freelance things, or what's the... Um, I was doing, like, some delivery, like, Grubhub. Yeah. Or actually, it was caviar. But, um. Oh. During COVID, they shut down my scooter rental service. <laughs> and so I couldn't do that. But I was. 
I'm receiving SSI for like for being crazy, so um, so I've got that for like a year, and then when I get this job, when I start this job, I can probably go off of it. Mm. So you said you got SSI for being crazy. Yeah. Yeah. When right. when when was when did you get diagnosed as crazy? Oh, I think I was five. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was really young. But you just applied for it for because well, uh, I was trying a year to ago. Or so. Yeah, like I'm 29. Um, I gave it a good run. I'm still trying, but they were seeing me like my like therapists were like. Okay, like this bitch is gonna die if we don't help her out. <laughs> like, um, so I'm pretty sure yeah. that's what happened. And you, what, what were you? Do you mind telling us what you were diagnosed as at five? Uh, at having five, it, it was like night terrors, and they gave me some ah. m- medication that was red, like an orangey red, and bitter. Don't remember what it's called, but they mashed it like up a pharmaceuticals it or yeah, pharmaceutical. Yeah, <laughs> I so I wonder. I still wonder about that. I tried to call the psychiatrist and be like, "Hey, like, remember that toddler that you prescribed like Wellbutrin to or whatever? Like, um, <laughs> what was that? Like, so I still don't yeah. know. Um, most recently, it was like PTSD." I think it all kind of blends mm-hmm. together. Yeah. So you feel like you've had uh, significant mental health struggles your whole life. That is true. Is that... Yeah. Gotcha. You always sometimes wonder if it all started with the night terror medication. You know. Yeah. Sometimes with stuff like that, you're like, you know, should we be giving five year olds pharmaceutical? I mean, I don't know how bad your night terrors were or what else they might have tried. It feels like, I don't know, you went. I remember specific dreams from that. Like, I remember the the content of actual dreams that scared me back then. A lot of dinosaurs. Can you share one? It was like dinosaurs, dinosaurs. like eating me and like being outside my window. Aliens, too, after I watched um, Independence Day and like started bawling in the theater at five yeah 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 because like that would be so like (laughs) wait but weren't you mormon were you not mormon at the time okay the mormon thing happened like when i was that happened soon like my mom started being mormon like right around that age like six oh yeah it's too bad she hadn't decided that before because i will say i mean there is something to be said for not showing children pg-13 and r-rated movies you know yeah i mean in in some ways like my friends who are desensitized toward violence for instance um they have the strength of being desensitized and in other ways they have what i would take to be kind of an ickiness of heart (laughs) from being desensitized to it. Like I am very sensitive, you know, because I didn't watch any of that shit until I was at least like 17. Yeah. I try to Even most PG-13 movies. Right. That makes sense. I try to cultivate like I sensitivity. Mm. 
But I, my mom never wore the the garments. The garments, right? We we weren't in good standing. We could never go to the temple. Um, so, did, have you never been to one? I've been to the temple, like outside. There's one in Oakland, and I go on Christmas sometimes because the garden's really beautiful, and I, I like get in my feelings a little bit because. I feel like in exile from this beautiful place that like when I was a child I like fully believed in. Like yeah. um, so and I paid them a fair yeah. amount of money growing up, you know. <laughs> yeah. That was the thing. The bishop was like, you have to pay ten percent tithe and and told my mom like the church would pay her rent and everything if she just had to pay, but she had to pay tithe first. And my mom was like, no, pay the rent first. And then it was a stalemate. So, like... Dude, she should have just paid the tithing. They're serious about that. It's not like a scam. They're really just like, dude, just... If you need to be in good standing for us to then, like, do this for you. And they really will. Like, you could pay... You could pay them, you know, $300 and that, you know, a, a month. And that'd be 10% of your income. And then they would go around and pay a $900 rent for you. <laughs> they really would, you know. But yeah. it is... I could see how you'd be like, huh, especially about a church that you're a little newer to, you know? I think she didn't, like, it was like a control thing or something. Mm. That um, makes sense. I felt like she never fully bought into it. Like, yeah. for me, though, it was, I was, like, at that perfect age to, like, fully believe in it. And I got, like, baptized and everything, um... Yeah, I went to the, what is it, like the boys group, the like teaching group after the service. And, you know, when you're like baptized or something, like you have to talk to the bishop and like, I don't know, ask questions. I was like, why are the men and women separated? (laughs) Um. (laughs) That's a good question. Sometimes it takes outside eyes, too, to even think of that, you know. Just getting there, even not until you're six, helps you kind of be like, this is weird. At school, this doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. And plus, my mother was always such a, like, like, badass. Like, she always worked in factories and stuff. And, like, she sang, like, death metal, like, in garage bands. So I was like, I was like, she, why... Why is she with all those ladies in dresses who like dresses? Yeah, stay home all day and like have babies. <laughs> I don't know. It was um, awkward. to help liberate them. Hopefully, is why she's there. You know, yeah. we need those. We need those women to go into the Mormon women's spaces and have some influence. This is um, <laughs> wow. Okay, so yeah, you what? I said this is cathartic. Like talking to queer like Mormons makes me oh, like so happy. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it happens every now and then. I know a comic in Seattle who is a what did I decide to call us? Post Mormon. Yeah, I think post Mormon is the best for most of us because <laughs> we. It's not like I don't want to say X to even be just like. I'm against the Mormon church. Cause I'm like, dude, there's a lot of baby in that bathwater. And it is part of who I am. Mormonism became also sort of an ethno religion to some extent. So it's kind of like being Jewish. Like a, a lot of us Mormons, yeah. we really want to have that kind of like secular Mormon, um, you know, relationship that, that the Jews get to enjoy. So yeah. we're kind of working on it. I don't know. Have yeah. you ever checked out affirmation? Does that still exist? 
No. Do you know what that is? No. <laughs> it was like a, um, I mean, originally gay, I'm sure just queer now, but uh, a Mormon, like, kind of offshoot. Like, they were like, we still want to be Mormon, but we're gay, so we're going to, like, have our own sort of, our own RLDS type of church. Yeah. That's cool. Um, but I don't know how, it probably only existed in, like, Berkeley and Cambridge and nowhere else. <laughs> I left you know. when I was, like, 12, I think. So it was a short time, but it was a very, it had a big impact on me. Mm. Yeah. It was reformative yeah. years. Yeah. Six to yeah. 12. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I feel I internalized a lot of their, like, well, mis Gender. misogynist, like, yeah. yeah, like, I kept my virginity, like, I was, like, a raging faggot, and I was, like, but not having sex until I get married, and, like, uh-huh. I had this, like, purity thing, and it was, like, <laughs> it was very Mormon, and I just, like you said, the baby in the bathwater, like, I really feel I am aware of the positives, and, like, there are, like, some really beautiful parts of that community, um, but uh, there's a lot of not-so-nice things, either. A lot of bath water you can slit your wrists in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. It's hard to have. I mean, like, I've I've largely healed my relationship to Christianity and, and can incorporate the mythology of my childhood and my people into my own kind of, like, spiritual, metaphysical, cosmological ideas, and I'm all fine with that, and I can enjoy Christmas music again. Mormonism, it's a weird one because on the one hand, there's stuff I really like about it. I think there's some stuff that was pretty cool, um, but also, you know, God, there's some embarrassing, awful, gross stuff, and yeah. some of it is still going on. A lot of it is still going on, so oh, it's hard yeah. to... But, you know, I mean... I think that the Mormonism is such at the root of my devil's advocate kind of personality because here I've always had to kind of be in the position of either like defending Mormon or defending not Mormon to various people, you know, and then defending my gay Mormon choices or not. And, you know, I'm always kind of going at school, I'm going to defend Mormonism at church. I'm going to have try to get them to all question Mormonism, <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> you know, and I also know what it's like to fully believe something and have an entire worldview that I'm sure, pretty sh fucking sure about and then do a 180 on like, oh, I was wrong about everything. Cool, cool, cool. And I, I mean, I've also you know, realize that about all kinds of thoughts and beliefs. I mean, I change my mind all the time, you know, um, and I'm always opinion fluid. And I think I, ca I can't not be because I just know, I know that I can be sure of something that is, is 100% wrong. So, um, let's yes, get back to, wait, go ahead. It's just, it's not really, I don't think it's like a psychologically great place to be like, well, these are my core beliefs, but <laughs> they might just be bullshit. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of grappling with that right now. Um, yeah, trying to, like, write down core beliefs or being like, this yeah, is Yeah, it I might be better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might be able to be, like, happier people if we were able to fully believe something known in our core, but then really, me, at least. Um, I, it, it, I feel, still feel like, you know, I have a service 
offer the world, which is I can go ahead and kind of you just about anything and like embody that space and then let's go from there together. You know, like, or when I hear, like when I was watching the debate last night, uh, um, <laughs> I, I can listen to it as both a leftist and a, and a rightist and a say, fuck all these people, you know, like I'm seeing kind of how they're all seeing it. And I really do identify, like I can identify things in my body um, when I hear, you know, politicians say things or whatever, and I'm like, ooh, I know exactly how conservative people are, are going to hear that and are going to feel that. I know where conservative people are going to feel that in my body because I was raised, you know, with that. And I'm also, you know, really a liberal person. I even took a test the other day just to make sure I haven't, like, become really, like, super in the middle or even a little conservative. You know, you get kind of... And I took it, and it put me, like, exactly in the... Um, like just exactly center left libertarian, you know, of the quadrant. Like I was just right there and I'm like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's telling that right now, um, someone who's thoroughly just center left can start to feel like they're conservative because to, to so much of my like feed and whatnot can be so far left that I'm like, oh God, I guess I'm conservative. No, <laughs> I'm fucking center left as fuck, you know? which has some conservatism in it. And again, I can feel the conservative argument. And then, you know, intellectually, I have all kinds of ideas that I adhere to more than every feeling in my body, but balance. Yeah, it's, I don't even, I mean, politics are wild and a lot of the super left stuff, I guess I agree with, but I also feel like there's this sort of, I mean, I think, I mean, there's no point in human history without, like, empire and, I mean, pre, I guess, pre-civilization, but, like, I'm like, isn't it the case that somebody is going to dominate? Like, like, it's just, as long as someone can dominate, they will. So it's like, why not my country? We're (laughs) not getting the utopia (laughs) Until Jesus comes back, <laughs> we're going to be, and it's kind of like once, once the angels win the pennant or whatever, you know, until, until Jesus comes back and ushers in the utopia, we're not going to pull off socialism in groups larger than like 200. Um, and, and throughout history, most, I, if people, you know, just read literally any history book, you'll see that it's been horrible for most, it's just in almost everywhere, it's been pretty horrible. Uh, and especially in in Western, you know, you know, the empires and uh, everything that we're kind of thinking of in terms of the, a European history book. I mean, at least they're like Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, there were dark ages where people were roasting each other over fire pits and raping their children and feeding to them. You know, it's um, and it's been bad. There's been lots of slavery. Most of us have always been poor. It's, you know, I talk about like. Um, income inequality. The income inequality throughout most of history was real bad. And, uh, you know, people were starving to death. People were dying, really dying of diseases. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, people were owned. And it was just, it's been really, really bad for most of the time. And, like, as much as we're all complaining about how awful everything is right now and how our empire does seem to be rapidly falling, um, we also, if we look around our lives, have it pretty fucking good <laughs> on a historical level. 
I know. <laughs> Not to mention the income inequality between, if we want to complain about the top 1% here, it's like, well, we're the top 1% of the world. So, you know, everything is relative, but we have it pretty fucking good. It's even pretty fucking good to be homeless by the looks of well, things for you. For me, for me specifically, I think. Oh, no, they really. Well, some of these people have better tents than I have, but. <laughs> oh my god. Not to be dark, whatever. When it, like a lot of times, if I start to feel suicidal, the thoughts I have are like, they're like, torture exists. Like these acts, like this is a possibility that I have the I have the power. Like I can prevent the possibility of these things ever happening to me. Like, almost, it's like this bizarre. It's like self love suicide. It's like I'm gonna kill myself now while things are good. And just prevent any kind of, like, further suffering that is, like, possible. Um, because yeah. I think, like, what you if feel I like was you're... being fed my, like, dead raped baby or whatever? Like, that I would one. probably be like, damn, I really yeah. wish I had killed myself, like, before I had that kid. Like, you know? Um, well, that's why, I mean, you know, no, that's why people in the, you know, in the towers on 9-11, right, like, they get to the point where they can jump out of a building to their death. I mean, we all can go, Jesus, I can't imagine ever being even able to do, I mean, some of us who are less suicidal, I can't even imagine being able to, like, get myself, I can't even cliff dive, cliff jump most of the time, if it's, like, more than eight feet or something, like, I, yeah. I'm like, Ugh. um But if a fire gets close enough to you and you get hot enough, you quickly realize, oh, it's going to be better to have one hell of a ride down to the ground than to continue letting myself burn to death. It feels really bad. And so, yeah, like if you realize essentially the rest of your life is going to be burning to death, drowning to death, not that you have a choice to kill yourself usually at that point, um, or watching one of your loved ones be raped and then, and then force-fed to you, you're going to go ahead and try your best to kill yourself. This is so fun. <laughs> I don't, yeah, oh good, yeah, I'm going to tell you too. Really funny because, I don't know if I've told you, but I wound up, this wound up being like, like the way that things got scheduled, I'm talking to you today and I'm talking to another trans woman who also lives in San Francisco at like five hours later. I was saying the way that my, the scheduling wound up working out, I am uh, talking to you at 1 p.m. my time and then another trans woman who also lives in San Francisco at 6 p.m. <laughs> Oh my god! I mean, <laughs> I, I don't think she's also raised Mormon. I do too. I did, it didn't even occur to me that y'all are both in San Francisco until today. I was like, wait a minute, which one of them is from San Francisco? And I was like, oh wait, I think they both are. Um, and, <laughs> I want new friends. Uh, her name is Ruby. I think mm. that's on Twitter at least. Um, yeah, it's got to be Ruby. And. Uh, well, I think she's a little older. It's hard to see someone's Twitter picture very well. Um, but yeah, she she reached out to me on Twitter because she was a little upset with me about some things I've said said about gender on another podcast. When I was in a bit of a manic state, to be fair, which I'm often in a bit of a manic state, so I can't, you know, I don't know. Um, and... Uh, but I also like, and then I guess she said that uh, in listening to gender fluids over the last several weeks, she's felt more and more, um, and this was a few weeks ago now that she said this, but for several weeks she was feeling like less and less comfortable with me or, or something like that. Um, 
hmm. and wanted to um, wanted to talk. And so I was like, yeah, let's talk. And so we're going to have a conversation uh, today for, for Mega, which I'm like, <laughs> I don't know whether to, I'm mostly, I think I'm just excited for it. I just like talking to people, but I'm a little nervous. Like it's, this is my first time where I've had someone be like, I'm upset with you. And I'm like, okay, let's fucking record. I, I've tried to do it with Ava before, even when we've gotten into like weird little like fights or, or moments. I've been like, can we just keep recording though? Like, like can we record our argument? Like, I want to record our, like, how we work through this disagreement. She usually doesn't want to do it. Um, <laughs> I'm like, you know. Yeah, the tension between you and Ava is really interesting. Um, I, <laughs> like, you. I've listened to the gender fluids for like the last, I don't know, like dozen episodes maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was fascinating and like controversial, but I also listened to all the MAGA (laughs) podcasts and like MAGA. (laughs) And, uh, And so, yeah, you said things where I was like, huh, that's not like exactly how I would say it, but. I just have a lot of empathy for, like, cis women and, like, I guess people raised as girls. Um, Yeah. Socialized as daughters is how my friend Zaley puts it, right? Sad. I love that. Well, that's another thing. Like, my socialization, I feel like um, people make a lot of assumptions. One of the things about being, like, Mormon was that I... I internalize a lot of the like women messages without realizing it. And I had a lot of that like women's guilt and shame, (laughs) if that makes sense. Um, Yeah. And, and it's like, I've read an article. I mean, people, I was, I was socialized as a trans girl, right? Like I, yeah, I was treated as a faggot by like my parents, you know, like what did, what did they say? Like your first, bullies are your parents um yeah and like that that was my experience like very much so um what are we oh just talk no just yeah talking about how like um some of the things i say aren't how you would put it but you have empathy toward um I just say cis women, although I don't know if you're even meaning to include me as a cis woman in that sentence, but I don't, I I am someone who, yeah, yeah, I don't think of myself as cis because I'm like, well, I mean, look at me, I've cut my hair and I happen to have an androgynous name, so I didn't feel the need to change it. But if I had been Tiffany, you can best believe I would have changed that shit a long time ago. Um, But just the way, you know, lots of lesbians, especially the short hair ones or, or the mask ones or whatever, you know, have it's it's cat if you're katie if you're jacqueline you're jack you know chris all this kind of stuff um and so those of us who just are like not only the kind of mask ones but i mean when i was a kid i was picking the boy characters on all the things and you know like i could go on but point being it's just like i don't think of i think of myself as cis sexed because i don't want to change that i'm female even though there's a part of me that certainly sometimes thinks particularly about like, would I like my upper body better if I like 
like I'm like if it if it went perfectly and I got exactly the upper body but even then I'm like but I like being a lesbian so I I want there to be the four boobs or the six to the eight boobs or whatever and <laughs> and like I don't know if that makes me an autogynophile you know like I'm a boy spirit but I'm the autogynophile you know because I'm like, oh, well, yeah, it turns me on to be a woman. <laughs> sure. That's part of why yeah. I don't want to change it. I don't want to have a fucking gross dick and balls between my legs. Like, no homo. <laughs> yeah. like, like, the lesbians who want to have a dick and balls, I'm like, you must be really a gay man then. Because when I think of, like, that, wanting to have a dick is pretty fucking gay. <laughs> you know, I, I can't. <laughs> um, I love this, like, candor. I can never talk this openly because people are so afraid but like but yeah like dick and balls is gross like balls to me is really gross and so i like chop them off and i'm so happy and my dick is cute and beautiful and it's not like others so that's sometimes why i'm like don't like talk about me like the same way and i'm like and i like i i interpret my body as female like because of I mean, yeah, it's obviously complicated, but like, but like, I, I don't know, I, there's like the male and female basket and it's like how many apples are in each one. And like my female yeah. basket is like, has more apples in it. And I guess in terms yeah. of my comfort, my identity and like how I, how my body feels like hormonally, how I think, like, mm-hmm. I feel like definitely female um gender wise i'm i go as like a woman but like honestly i'm like super queer and like i this is the thing like i really really empathize with you the connection to like lesbianism or the lesbian community because like i i came out as gay when i was 12 i think that's part of why we stopped going to the mormon church and like um that community is is very important of your parents were they were they being supportive to you Okay, that's really cool. Uh, well, my cool. mom, I lived with my, my dad is a mess, but, uh, but yeah, my mom is supportive. Like, she takes time, but she always gets there, and, like, we have a really good relationship now, so I'm really grateful for that. Um, but, like, so I totally get it, and I get the complexity. Like, if we're, like, trans or we're whatever queer, it's, like, it's, like, that comes with complexity. It's not simplistic, like, cis identities. Yeah. Um, like, I love being yeah. a femboy. Like, I love hooking up with a guy, and it's, like, I'm, like, his, like, little whatever. Like, that's cute to me. It's, like, yeah. erotic. Yeah. But that's not how I live my life. Like, that's not me at work. Like, that's, like, a bedroom thing. Like, I don't know. Like, right. and I'm sure plenty of cis women like to, you know, roleplay in bed, like, as... Right boys or whatever so even if they're not consciously doing it you can just kind of embody a space where you're being more the boy the inserter the um i want to fuck you or you know <laughs> not even that it's like i'm just like 100 percent bottom like i've tried it doesn't work so like 100 um, percent <laughs> like it's like how many germs does lysol kill that's how much of a bottom i am um it's like ninety nine point nine eight. Okay. Or something. I was like, I actually don't know the branding. I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't know the marketing. <laughs> oh <my God>. Okay. <laughs> it's yeah. got uh, the famous fifty seven Heinz or whatever. Okay, ninety nine point nine eight. 
Yes. <laughs> no, like, um, no, no, it's hard for me. It's erotic because of the sort of, like, what is it, like, the dirty aspect? It's like I'm being taken advantage of. I'm oh, like, yeah. Um, that could be the Mormon shit right there. Cause, yeah, right? I mean, <laughs> well, we have that in space. Because think it, it's almost like, this is, yeah, this is the fucked up part. It's like, well, women are supposed to be fucked or whatever. That's what we're taught. But, like, we're, I, I think boys, Mormons like, have a breeding yeah. fetish. Yeah, That's yeah. what it is. Mormons collectively have a breeding fetish. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no. They totally do. I'm Catholics too. Catholics that's, too. And they want us to. And Catholics too. That's how they control women is by being like, no, this is what you want. You know, oh, oh. Yes. Yeah. They do. I still like have it. I can't come unless someone is mistreating me or if I'm like, imagine, like, I never come harder than when somebody is like, taking advantage of me and i totally. hate it so much like this is why i'm in therapy for i know do you then feel because i'll do that especially if i'm just like if i'm masturbating and i like i'm i'm half the time i'm thinking about my girlfriend half the time i'm thinking about some kind of like man on man slash man on sort of me as a man or a woman i toggle back and forth i don't know like um but but it's always like some kind of some kind of rape fantasy some kind of um, I once did some stand-up, like, early, early, when it was too early for me to handle this topic, you know, I was just like, I would start a set by being like, you know what would really suck about getting raped? I just think it would ruin rape fantasies for me, <laughs> like, for the rest of my life, I assume. Like, I need those. I need those. I mean, like, I guess I have other fantasies besides being raped, like, um, being taken advantage of by a doctor or being taken advantage of by a masseuse. Oh, you know what? They're all right. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like this whole thing, because it's also wrong. So you're supposed to not want it. You know, sex is wrong and bad and you're supposed to want it. And as a woman, you're not really supposed to have that much of a sex drive. Um, and so it's supposed to be something that you're like doing for the man, doing to make babies. So it is like this whole like like you you can enjoy it because it's not your fault if someone else is doing it right so like it is this kind of rape slash breeding fantasy religion or all of the christian ones a lot the the, yeah. the catholics and the mormons the intense christian ones can get yeah yeah my dad's side of the family is all roman catholic like my grandmother my father's mother is super mm -hmm. catholic like for her entire life has missed church like three times not including covid but she yeah. watches it on tv you want to know you know a, a virus catholicism <laughs> 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 man it took a nice you know jewish off offshoot religion and then made it into this you know just hijacked it to turn it into a pedophile whatever um not, not just that but a you know a money grubbing um power hungry and ultimately of course sometimes used for pedophilia because that's what happens when enough men get a, enough power um some of them are gonna be pedophiles about it I, as we've yeah. seen it's just i think we have endemic pedophilia like it's like an endemic disease to the catholic church to this country to like the english-speaking world to the world i don't know it There's just something feels about yeah when you tabooify sex and even you know we're, and then we have dis we're dishonest as a culture about uh, our attraction to youth and and where that where those lines are and whatnot like 
Yeah, it's just, I think, and then you have these really, yeah, these really sexually restrictive religions. I mean, it's just kind of a, a perfect storm, I think, for a fair amount of pedophilia. But then I've looked it up, and there's a pretty fair amount of pedophilia around the world and all kinds of different cultures. And some of it yeah. is like they just sell off, you know, I mean, there's the kind of pre, there's this early athebophilia kind of marriage that definitely happens in a lot, yeah. like 13-year-olds being married off and sometimes the dude wants to have sex with you then and sometimes he's like mm, i'll fuck you in like three years we'll see you know but it's kind of happening everywhere we just have our own flavors of pedophilia here islands and churches you know yeah <laughs> islands yeah. churches and then like just drunk fathers <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm like I'm not going to dissociate. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I, like, want to talk about this because no one fucking talks about it. But, like, but, yeah, like, um, like my my grandma called, like, uh, San Francisco, she, the same grandma, the Catholic one. She's like, it's like Sodom and Gomorrah. And, like, they keep reading, like, into the fires, like, this is God's wrath. And I'm like, okay, but y'all get tornadoes. Like, do you think it's, and, like, yeah. each political party, I feel like this is the logical conclusion of polarization. It's, like, what's the most hated attribute? Like, the most taboo thing? It would be, like, pedophiles, right? So, yeah. like, I find that I basically see Republicans or conservatives, I'm like, y'all are pedophiles. And they see the left the same fucking way. And I'm just yeah. like, what is happening? Like, this is, um... We need to deal with this issue. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Well, I, I, the issue of how we dehumanize each other. Yeah, but also this, th there needs to be like a national healing about like a like a sexual healing, not the Marvin Gaye way, but like the the like Let's talk about it and cry about it psychological way. Yeah, um, yeah. Wait, but so uh, hold on. Let's let me flesh that out a bit because you, you were. I was also writing something down for a second. I might have missed something, but um, you were saying that like the way you wait. So you're talking about actual pedophilia that's happening that we need to talk about. Yeah, but also the paranoia about it. The like. Oh yeah. The suspicion and the sort of mental illness that. Yeah. Um. People aren't like able to talk about their experiences. Um, yeah, it, there's just like a hysteria um, that's not actually help. Like it doesn't help children. It doesn't help adults get no. through their trauma. Like it just gets Trump elected. Like I don't know. I just like it. It yeah, also if it, it. I just remember. Okay, so I did. I did know someone who identified as a pedophile in college. Um, he did not have sex with children. He had been abused as a kid. Um, and he was hoping one day to move to a country where it was legal and also a part of their culture that some kind of um, man-child relationship, you know, is sanctioned and whatever. And I, I don't know. Um, it wasn't yeah. like something I even like I there's you can't first of all turn someone into the police for that um second of all that doesn't seem like anything that is going to improve the world and so you know I was friends with him and I listened to him and um where was I going with this 
What were you just saying? Oh, that we need to talk about. Oh, so one of the things that we talked about is that, you know, for a lot of these kids, when something happens, they are um, taught in our culture that this is the worst thing that could have ever happened to you, that um, you're going to be fucked up forever, and it's kind of, oh, crap. Oh. Our internet connection is unstable. I can still hear you. Okay, good, good, good. Maybe I think that one was on my end. Um, and that he was saying that, you know, this doesn't exactly have a salutary effect on kids who do get molested or do um, have a range of uh, different kinds of experiences. Because some people have horrific experiences that absolutely are going to fuck them up and whatever. And the rest of, you know, a lot of us got molested a little bit sometimes, like, and there's a whole, you know, a lot of that. And then some people had more intense or elaborate various kinds of relationships or experiences from other, you know, and there, it, so it's, there's a whole spectrum and gradient situation there. And not everything is necessarily going to fuck you up completely. And so um, maybe it could be a little bit disempowering to children and maybe they could become even more ashamed of it and not want to feel like they're, um, they're dirty. They're um, content. What do you call it? Like um, that you're, impure. I don't know. Yeah. Just you what? Impure. <laughs> impure. Yeah. That you're like tainted. Um, that you're damaged goods, you know, that you're damaged goods. People don't want to feel that. I mean, like that kind of thing seems like not ideal for, uh, a culture to, yeah, have a healthy way of dealing with this. Yeah. But, you know, and the laws have changed about all this stuff so recently, like even Canada just changed the, the legal age of like uh, the statutory rape from like 13 to 15 or something like that, or it was like 13 to 17. Like it's, and that was in 2008, like different things have happened in the last, you know, few years slash decades around really kind of changing those laws. Even, and if you think about songs where we were like, she's 16, she's beautiful and she's mine being hits. Um, just go back and watch anything from even the eighties and you might start being like, oh, okay, or 90s, where they were openly talking about um, how hot 16... How about the all right, all right, all right scene from... Um, what's it called? I live in Austin. Um, Days yeah. Abused, right? No. No, that's Day the other one. I always say that, but I... Richmond uh, High, Fast Times at No. No. Um, yeah, Days and Confused. Is that the right one? Yeah, Days... The, ones, the one in Austin where he's like... Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I know um, the scene. <laughs> or... As we said on Gender Fluids a few episodes, I think, uh, we were like, the, those car washes in high school where all, all the hot chicks would wash your father's car, you know, for tips. Yeah. So, so we have a kind of schizophrenic approach as the culture. Meanwhile, I remember growing up, there being a lot of kind of like, there was a period, maybe early 2000s, where you would just see bumper stickers that were like, I shoot pedophiles on site or something like, you know, something to that sentiment. And you're just like, feels like you're a little bit protesting too much, but yeah. that's your issue that you're going to bring up. Um, but also like, how about you just shoot rapists in general? Yeah. On site? I would it's just, like, you know, yeah. interesting, interesting choice there, men. Cause it's I, always men. There's no women <laughs> with that bumper sticker. Uh, Interestingly enough. Um, I grew up like less than an hour like outside Boston during the um, 
what was it? The Catholic Church, the Boston Globe, scandal. like expose. What? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that scandal. Yeah, I, there was like, yeah. So it was like huge news for like years, and then like I was in the like Mormon Boy Scouts too, and it was like all these like. So my <laughs> oh, mother, yeah. my mother, like in her attempts to like protect me, like like sexualized me in this weird way and one time I did an unaccompanied minor flight to, to like to go see my dad and she was yeah. like so scared she was like she, she was like you're st- you're still fresh they still want you and I'm like what the fuck so like, fresh you had a lot more years of still being fresh I Jeez. knew I you thought were barely fresh. was old like I barely thought right. when I I thought when I turned 18 that I was, like, dead. That I was just, Jeez. like... Well, in Mormon world, you know, by the time you're, like, tw- at least when I was growing up, you know, and, well, when we were growing up, really, like, ew, you start to become a spinster in people's minds, even sometimes by, like, 23. Yeah. You know, people are, like, asking your mom if everything was okay and shit. Yeah. I just remember... And I, in therapy, I was, like, I had this out of breakthrough or whatever. I was, like, like, that's when I felt attractive. Like, that's when I, that's when people, and I had the internet. Okay, so it was the beginning of the internet, I'm sure you're aware of this. And I, I was totally, yeah, it's bad. I don't know, I don't want to get into it, but it's just like, it's just like, um, yeah, like, when I, like, masturbate or whatever, I end up thinking about myself, like, it's weird because, yeah, like, I I feel like I, I have to, like, if I have a partner, like, my ideal partner is, like, much larger than me, like, physically, so that I feel, like, uh-huh. more, like, the fantasy of, that I have, I guess, and it's, like, sure. it's weird, because, like, it's not me as a child, it's, like, maybe I've done enough work that it's, like, it's a little better at this point, but, like, I think about, like, me, but I'm, like, it's, like, I'm relatively smaller or something, but it's also, yeah. like, it's also, like, this thing where it's, like, being, um, I don't know, like, 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 it's the Mormon thing. It's, like, I don't, oh, I don't actually want to have sex, but, like, I will do it for you, like, and, like, yeah. it's, which is, <laughs> when you're dating someone who doesn't have as strong of a sex drive as you, it's an awkward thing to be, like, Hey, um, I need you to be really horny for me right now because I'm really horny for you. <laughs> so we're gonna do this little role play where you really want to have sex, even though it's for me. But we have to pretend it's for you so that yeah. Which my girlfriend does have like 20 pounds on me, and she's a little taller. She's just got like, and she's got because she's got curves. Like I don't, I put all my weight in my stomach, any weight that I have, you know. And so she's just got like, just a like a womanly body and so she is because she has a womanly body and she's like a little bit large you know it's like she does have that i hadn't really thought about that until you said it but it's like absolutely i do not like having sex with people smaller than me like when when (laughs) girls yeah like it can be much smaller like so there's another girl that we've like kind of dated and it's complicated but um but she is also tall and then but she is like sometimes you know she loves it when she's getting thinner but i'm always like oh eat a sandwich oh i like boobs i like thighs what are we doing isn't it 2020 curvy what is it lizzo come on yeah yeah i I wanted to bring up some stuff before 
I guess, before we end. But it was like, um, my mind is so. I quit smoking weed like over a year, a week ago, and I'm still like, uh, <laughs> over a year, a week ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm still like saying uh, over a year, a week ago. <laughs> yeah, no, it was actually one week, not a year, and a week. But um, congratulations. Oh, like dys- dysphoria, my like gender identity and the Mormonism and purity and innocence. Like my, I have like voice dysphoria, like, and my voice is not terrible. Like the Leone or whatever that, there's plenty of cis women with lower, like richer voices than yes. mine. But um, mm-hmm. I feel like, it feels like tainted. Like I feel like my voice is like tainted and like impure. And I'm like, what? Yeah, exactly. Because it's like you add the testosterone, and like that's the thing. It's like a one way street, kind of like with the teeth, you know? Um, yeah. Which feels, which really bothers me. But I'm like, I'm just. I try to just ignore it because it's one of those things in life like that I don't think will ever be solved. So I just have to learn to live with it. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I feel super attractive. I feel super fortunate. And like, I'm as far as transitions go, like mine is really good. And like, I feel good, but like, I still have that personal, like I still have dysphoria about like, yeah. my hips and shoulders, my voice, like the size of my fucking head, my height, like all that stuff. But, uh, so. Well, but I mean, also you're a woman, so you're supposed to hate your body. So, you know. Right. We- That's validating, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, no, there's a lot of woman stuff that I wasn't even aware was happening in like, yeah. <laughs> like lived experience or whatever, where so it's kind of nice. Like, I transitioned young enough, I guess, where sometimes I see trans men that transitioned, like, young enough that they're, like, they're misogynist. Like, they internalize yeah, yeah. it. And I'm well, like, some of that's just lesbian shit, too. Some of that gets in there in weird ways. Um, you know, because you, you also relate to men. You relate to people who are attracted to women. And it, there can be... It can be fun to join. And also, I mean, I've recently been kind of uh, like realizing how much my mother pounded what really looks like toxic masculinity into me in a lot of ways. But it wasn't really a gender thing for her. It was just her special breed of parenting, you know. Um, So, yeah, these things are all so (sighs) complicated. But um, do you have a heart out or uh, because, I mean, I don't really I just I just said this thing is an hour and a half, but. I, um, but if we have more time, hmm? I have to pee like soon. Uh, to be honest, well, that's my one. We can break. also take a break. But it would be if you have time, it could be cool because I do want to start banking up like bonus episode content oh, yeah. for people, or like longer if people want extended. That that's an easier way to do it is to be like extended conversation if you want to hear the whole thing. Well, I'm like really enjoying this. Um, I like I'm really enjoying this a lot. Yeah, it's yeah. fun to talk. <laughs> Um, and I also, I do have to pee, and, okay. but I had one before, I guess, if we take a break okay. now, I have one topic that, like, I would, re- I would regret not bringing up before the end of this, I guess, which is, I don't know why I'm pretending you're my therapist, kind of, <laughs> not really, but. Yeah, I could be your therapist. That could be what this podcast is. <laughs> that would be A therapist who talks cool. a lot. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. 
No, like one of my main like gender philosophy, like sort of grounding like tenets or whatever is like, is like the penis cannot be a weapon. Like that has to change. But I totally understand how it is, especially when there's like pro-life people, because then it literally is a weapon. But like for me, it's like, I feel like that is such a, that male, even like baby, like the the male as weapon construct is like, it hurts everyone. I, I feel it's almost like the root of like <laughs> gender trouble. I don't know. It's just. So what, what, but be a little clearer for me about what you're saying. The societal mm-hmm. idea that we have that, um, like, it's hard to, it's like, I see the penis is weaponized. Um, you, you're saying it's being weaponized by people or you're saying it is, it, we're, we're acting like it's a, like, it's, it's like a construct i think like it exists i think the penis is a weapon because it's been constructed that way so like the work would be to to deconstruct that like to like it, it just grounds me it's like if in the world like the ideal world the penis is not a weapon or it's equal to the vagina and they both have the same virility and like like, like, I don't know, stamina, the same, like, adultness, the same. We have this dick-sized thing in our culture, and, like, a clit yeah. is, like, the smallest dick. You're like, what does that right. mean? Like, all women are just, like, weak. Like, like, like it can't, right. that can't stand. Like, we can't have equality if we're still on this, like, If we're still penis dick. If we're comparing penises, we're never going to be equal. Yeah, yeah. And, we're never going to be equal as long as we're still comparing penises. I think that's a great bumper sticker. <laughs> yeah and it's yeah. it's cool as a trans woman like i feel like in a unique position where or we are trans women are in a position where we can like call out body shaming like whenever someone says something like oh you have a small dick whatever you loser i'm like hey like that harms women <laughs> and um yeah if we're me- if we're doing this by dick size then women are, are all at the end Except for some yeah. trans women. <laughs> Except for some trans right, women right. who, yeah, win in the penis size contest. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, I think you're right onto it. Because I, what I notice, you know, is people will say something like, um, like, oh, you're just afraid of dick or something like that. And it's like, I'm going to be like, no, I'm afraid. I can be afraid of testosterone. I can be afraid of what testosterone can lead seems to be leading people to do sometimes that's what i'm afraid of they happen to have a dick a small dick a big dick a, a knife you know a little dick and a knife whatever i'm just it's not about you know and if and if a, a trans dude it goes fucking crazy and you know a trans dude who hasn't had a foul plasty goes fucking crazy i'm scared of that too yeah, if, yeah. if a natal woman who happens to have high levels of testosterone that happens sometimes and yeah. then they fuck kids or they fuck they rape people like that happens yeah, it's yeah. rare but it happens. And so what I'm afraid of is testosterone. That's why I'm like, yeah, it's crazy. Lesbians and trans women should be the closest friends, the best allies. And because it's like, we have the same, we want to get rid of the dicks and the testosterone. We agree like, so hard right now. I'm, just, okay, I'm some, like a hormone like, essentialist. <laughs> yeah, me too. Because okay, sometimes people who self, self-described rad fans are like, um, 
we're not a trans exclusionary because we include trans men in our feminism. Now, first of all, I don't really know what it means to include or not include people in your feminism. I just am like, everybody's included in the plan for the future <laughs> where we all live in harmony. Um, but also, I'm like, okay, well then, I guess I only include trans women in my feminism. <laughs> How about I'm that wave? The trans mo boys they're, are traitors to my cause. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially uh, the ones who want to sew balls mean, on. Okay. The ones I that mean, what? The ones that want to sew balls on, like what? Um, add the dick. Don't add the balls. Just ha just have a dick. No balls. <laughs> that's where I'm at. I'm so pleased. No, I I mean I love vagina. Like that's a whole other conversation. But um, yeah. And then, oh, I also wanted to say I really have to pee. But like before I, I go to do that, um, I wanted to say I know. <laughs> I know. There's like a, like this pleasure going. No, it like. Is. <laughs> you get more creative when you have to pee a little bit actually there's been, been studies that's mm -hmm. amazing mm -hmm. at least I, someone I, told me that before my first improv show because I told him I had to pee a little bit and they were like use it get on stage <laughs> there's a UTI in my future no, um, yeah, I, <laughs> the, yeah he didn't realize <laughs> um, no, but I did have like, a great performance I would do a great performance I would take the UTI <laughs> yeah, yeah right um, okay, I was like so, the star of that show anyway go ahead <laughs> my <laughs> like okay i have to i feel like i have to say this as like a qualifier so that people uh -huh. take me more seriously but like my dick it wasn't like massive but it was like it's like a respectable dick like in terms of like okay but you're already speaking in the paradigm I'm doing, it, I'm doing that on purpose because i feel okay. like okay maybe not but this yeah the size would have been considered like not disappointing by our our standards, our, our fucked up standards, right? right? So, like, then when or I just by, honestly, by what a vagina, but like what most vaginas are going to feel satisfied by, depending yeah. on, yeah. So there's, yeah. there's, yeah. I mean, I, I get fucked. Like, I, I know. Also, there's a size that like feels best. Yeah. Okay, but but also there's a lot. If you have fingers, you can do so much more in terms of how much size people are getting and what kind of angles yeah. you can get to psychological it's like a lot but but no i just feel like i have to say that because like i have this paranoia that people think i transitioned because i had a little dick and i'm like no like oh. no that's not why like i was a, like i could have been a man like physically <laughs> if i wanted to i just like i know this fucked up but this is the fucked up like right. paradigm we're in like i think yeah. that i have to say that because it it, it does shrink but like that's but I feel like I have more power behind my words if I, like, tell people that I'm not, like, coping. Like, I really believe that, like, th this this is a big problem with, with um, gender. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't think that I had had any kind of, like, stereotype that trans women were, like, smaller dick people. Because I definitely have... I've just been hearing about dick sizes from Ava for so long that I'm like, yep, clearly all over the place. I get it. <laughs> no. like, I know. It's like I'm sick of talking about it, sick of hearing about it, but I'm like, it, we have to, like, I feel a responsibility to, like, yeah. like, yeah, the body shaming thing is weird. Like, I'm like, all genitals are beautiful. Like, uh, that's my, like, woke quote. To somebody. <laughs> all genitals are beautiful to the person Valid. who's in love with them 
Oh, I saw someone talking. They were talking about like, uh, like fat discri- like discrimination against fat people. And she was like, "Look, uh-huh. my body's not beautiful, but like, it's my body. It's good. It's perfect. I love it. Like, I don't have to be beautiful to be valid. So, like, when you're talking about genitals, like, maybe they are ugly, but like, yeah. they're still like, they're still a person's body. Like, they still valid. You know? Right. I think we should take less we should like reduce the stock of beauty in a way or just increase the stock of ugly yeah forget reduce increase the stock of ugly because we all know those people who are like ugly we would all like could describe them as ugly but we all love the way they look they have some weird scar and they they the way they dress the way they carry themselves whatever you know people who like pull off ugly so it's like maybe we all can just have more of an awareness that you can pull off ugly yeah i was only able to say that like Oh, beauty standards don't matter. Like, only after I felt beautiful myself. Like, um, when I felt unattractive, it was, like, so important. It was, like, everything. And now that I feel comfortable, it's like, oh, it doesn't matter as much. Um, Which, I guess that's, like, what, like, pretty privilege? I haven't researched that a lot, but... I do feel pretty, so <laughs> that helps. Yeah. <laughs> there is a there's a lot of attractive privilege and stuff. There are also some attractive drawbacks. Um, sometimes people don't take you as seriously, or sometimes people assume you've always been attractive and that you might be stuck up. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm like, I wasn't always like this. Like, this uh, wasn't my whole life. People yeah, think I, was I had it easy. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want to be. Ooh, I should add that to my little essay I'm working on. Who were you in high school? That's the... (laughs) But anyway, yeah. I don't think I have more to say about that. Okay, but yeah, it is important. And I mean, I don't know. We all, like, are also just attracted to what we're attracted to. I don't know how much you can, like, kind of meditate on trying to make people attracted to you. I think the reality is if you're open to people and you talk to people... The more you go on in life, the more you're going to meet people and ultimately wind up sometimes having feelings for different types of people. And then you're going to be attracted to that now, too. You know, we might we might think because people always even from when we're little are like, oh, what's your type? Even before you start dating people, people are like, oh, what's your type? I don't know. I like blonde. I like, you know, whatever. And it's like, I don't know. But we can kind of get that way, almost like with an astrology or something where you can tie yourself to this kind of conception of things. And so you think you have a type because your first girlfriend was one way, you know, and now you're like, well, you see that as attractive. And you're like, well, yeah, but you could probably expand to all kinds of other stuff, just supposing you have diversity around you. Kids live in the tenderloin. This isn't fair. It's it's the lowest rentals Uh in the city at like lowest price. So they're like, all the poor families are forced to live <laughs> yeah. on these drugs. And I'm like, I see that. And Yeah, there's that. Okay. I don't, I don't <laughs> I'm so, I'm not this cold hearted, but I have to pick what I care about because otherwise I'm going right. to go insane. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing for all of us, right? There's too much cognitive dissonance with living in, a, you know, a country that's this powerful and, and does so much that is... Uh, all over the place on the moral spectrum and so you can only care about you know like we're all it's part of why we're all a little mentally ill because we're all <laughs> you know um we're all guilty or whatever we're all responsible um we yeah. can only be responsible for so yeah. much but yeah so this whole thing of like 
you know, we say, is it, is it going well compared to what, you know, that's kind of the whole thing with America too, right? Yeah, instead of burning it down and thinking that it's somehow going to be better and, you're, you know, oh, America's so evil, so racist, so whatever, compared to what, you know, because <laughs> I do not have any faith that if we, quote unquote, burn it down or whatever, that we're going to get something better going in a better direction. Yeah. Exactly. Personally. Like, I don't, I don't know what's better. Like, I mean, I have some policies that I think, like, that I would happily implement without the consent of the people <laughs> if I was in charge. Like, um, like what? Oh, well, I don't know. Simple stuff like the global warming thing. I'd be like, uh, mm -hmm. okay, so yeah, no more gas cars, no more coal, like, yeah, riot, it's, uh, it's fine, we'll just use the rubber bullets and, like, not shoot at the ground, but this time it's, like, white people, because it's West Virginia, I don't know, I just, like, um, also the money, like, the wealth that's hoarded, like, there's actually, like, what is it, hundreds of trillions of dollars looking for investment in the globe that they don't, mm. there's, they can't spend because there's no good investments to make, and I'm like, invest in humanity, you fucks, like, what are you doing, like, right. how about we just make the world better, <laughs> like, they're like, no, we need more money, uh, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't under, I mean, I kind of do understand, but it's, it is, it's literally insane to, for people to care more about numbers, uh, you know, on a, in a computer and, or like their pissing contests, their big dick contests, their, my other friends have this many billion dollars or whatever. I mean, I don't, can't, I can't pretend to know everything about these people's lives and their finances, but I know that they're, what you're saying and like people who are rich enough or have that kind of financial leverage enough, like yeah, why don't you just improve the world? Like, why can't, why wouldn't that be at least as fulfilling and desirable just for your own sake? Like, how it's going to make you feel, how it's going to make you, you look out, we all, when we, when we, it's like, like I say, like, look guys, yeah, nobody likes poor people. So why don't we help systemically make it so that nobody's poor? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? That would solve the problem of looking out and being like, ugh, the poor. Well, then help them. <laughs> I know. You know. It's like you're so disgusted. Like, clean it up then. Like, and they don't. But it's this moralistic. Yeah. It's like hard work or something. Like, they. Also, like, I feel like there's this guilt of, like, being wealthy where they, they have to hate poor people so that they don't hate themselves. Like. Yes. Yes. I think that's exactly what happens, and I think people don't realize it's going to happen to them, and as they get more and more money and success, they <laughs> the, the thoughts start creeping in, oh, I yeah. must be better than these yeah. other people, and that's why. Well, I also, I hear that from, you know, you always hear from um, successful people, they're like, hey, if you just work hard and apply yourself every day, you can do anything, I promise, look at my life. And it's like, well, that's a selection error, because only the people who are, like, rich and successful and famous or whatever are the ones we're hearing from. We don't hear from all the people who work hard every day and try their hardest. And I know some people, because, I like, in comedy, I've seen people at open mics every, several a night, every night of the week for years who are not getting almost any better at it, you know? So I'm like, it's not true. 
It is not true. And some of those people, yeah. you're like, yeah, it's not even that it's just comedy. It's that I don't know that they would get very far in any avenue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People There's have... a fucking luck of the draw genetically as well as situationally. For very sure. much so. I love stand-up comedy. It's like one of my like top five favorite things. Like, um... In life? Yeah, me too. Yeah, in life. <laughs> and so... This is a hilarious stand-up story. So I was living in these places with curfews for, like, years. And, like, there was all these things. uh, Like, my transition was happening years ago, and I couldn't... I didn't feel comfortable going on stage. And then when I did feel comfortable, like, after I had whatever done, like, I I had was living in these places with curfews. And then as soon as I had a place without a curfew. <laughs> okay. My sister came to visit me and we never had time to go to the club. And then I went to the Netherlands. Bougie. Yeah, I went to the Netherlands and that was awesome. And then I came home and COVID happened and all the comedy clubs shut down. And so now I'm on yeah. like Zoom comedy and I don't want to do my first like set on like Zoom. So like, I've been, like, stymied, like, this entire time, and it's Wait, so funny. I th- okay, you cut out for a second, but I, hold on, you cut out for a second, but I think what you said is the comedy clubs all shut down, and then, but you have started watching all these Zoom comedy shows that are on all the time? Yeah, but I don't want my first, like, open mic or whatever to be on Zoom. Like, I want to wait till they reopen. So it's, like, yeah. basically two or three years yeah. of me, I would like, suggest trying that. and failing I keep forgetting what I wanted to say. Oh, you inspired me. There was the episode that I listened where you, like, kind of, like, you were arguing with Ava about, like, J.K. Rowling, I think. And Um, um, you, like, mentioned the moon and, like, a connection to the moon. So I started doing my injections on the moon quarters. And I'm like, that was because of you. So, like, I feel, you know... I was jealous. I was like, "Wait, I want a connection to the moon." I was like, "I was like, all right, I'm just gonna make this work." Like, you should. People also make moon water, where you get a cup of water and then you put like maybe like a paper towel or something over it with a rubber band, whatever. And then you go and set it out in the direct moonlight for like the three days of the fullest moon. And then you, but you have to like put it out there at night and then get it before the sun starts coming up at all because you want just moonlight. You do it for three days and then you have moon water and you know you could make tea with it or <laughs> witchcraft or whatever it is people do with their moon water. Um, <laughs> you know, but I mean, and look, these things all might be m- meaningless to people's ears but it's like ritual is really important and cool and a kind of meditative thing like that a sort of stoic practice perhaps if you're a sleeper inner of being like i'm gonna get up early in the morning and actually maybe see the sunrise perhaps like you know not some bad side effects of the moon water ritual there's like a cult of rationalism yeah and i've succumbed to that in some ways and like Again, like in therapy, my therapist is like, it's it's wildly unfair that like you had your faith or innocence and all that shit like taken from you. Because a lot of times I'm like resentful of people that believe things that to my eyes are like nonsense. And yeah, and I'm like, why do you take this so seriously? But mm-hmm. 
it's like actually a better way to live. Um, yeah. So it was around your age that I started really being able to move in that direction of not having to be a, a rationalist, you know, being able to be trans rational. Is that what we're calling it? Um, partly because it was in the wake of my first divorce when I left a millionaire with nothing and moved across the country, you know, with <laughs> no job or real plan and having started stand up comedy finally, like eight months prior. So, you know, <laughs> you have to get kind of transrational maybe to rationalize the choices you've made in life. Transrational. I love that. I've also, I've heard people call it, um, instead of atheist, they're post-theist. They're like, sure. um, or they, it was for people kind of like me or maybe us that was like, have been, I guess, psychically damaged by religion. Yeah. And, it, like with like true believers so-called true believers so it's like how do we like treat these people like and the psychologist was like yeah using this word like post-theist I think that's what it was like I can't fully remember but I really liked the construct because like atheist has this connotation of like blowhardy like white western male like kind of I don't know yeah. just it's not empathetic at all. It's not very Well, I mean, it really just the face of it was Christopher Hitchens and Sam Harris and Daniel Dennett and who am I missing? But the like four horse. uh, the four <laughs> horsemen. I was like, well, who haven't I said? But um, but it's like, OK, yeah, to these men, I'm like, you're missing some of the picture. I mean, a lot of them are still just only talking about Lord, Father, Daddy, God. You know, they're just like, oh, if he's all loving, how come there's pain in the world? I, I don't know, because we need pain in order to experience joy, you idiot. You've read stoicism. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? God is OK. Well, and also because my conception of God is not like. And I know that my brain can't also conceive of what uh, the God that I think probably kind of is. Um, but I just think that we're all God and God is, you know, kind of splits itself up, if you will, into all of us. And we are having this crazy video game that we've given ourselves, you know. Um, and um, what am I trying to say? Uh, in that conception, it's like, yeah, dude, I mean, of course we're going to have like all this fucked up shit. We want a roller coaster, you know, like if if we are God, then we exist forever in the oneness alone, <laughs> alone forever. So we have to make this stuff up. We're bored. You know, people are like people. I'm like, well, 2020 sure is fun. And people are like fun. And I'm like, well, entertaining. You know, <laughs> I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't think fun is the wrong word. You know, God's not doing this for fun. God's this out of boredom. So. <laughs> <laughs> of course people are trans and of course we have fires and of course Trump and Biden are you know what I mean like this is what we wanted <laughs> yeah I do I do want my own planet when I die I, I like that I think you can have it if you want it <laughs> the Mormon cosmology I'm like <laughs> yeah if we make it you know we gotta make it to the top tier of heaven well see that's that's how I do this too I like I <laughs> I just make up whatever I want because I feel like that's kind of how it is. So I'm just like, no, like God loves me. I'm doing it right. Like Jesus, like totally. is my friend. Like I have this conception, and it's very real to me. Of like, 
Jesus as like this stoner, like kind of like hippie dude that just like chilled with everyone and like this very like Bob Marley esque yeah. figure. And like Yeah. It's as real to me as the like I don't I feel free in a way. Like as much pain comes with the like whole yeah. like losing your faith or being exiled experience, it's like I have this freedom to feel like the like deity or whatever that is most comforting to me, you know? Um, oh, totally. And I'm, I'm also cool with, you know, hippie Jesus sermon on the Mount Jesus as expressed in Matthew Jesus, you know, like I, um, and I'm saved, you know, <laughs> like I know I'm saved yeah. in my conception of the universe. I am absolutely saved. And I also think that that stuff is about life. I'm, you know, like the Jews believe, you know, this, it's not heaven after you die or hell, you know, this is, we're talking about your heaven on earth, your hell on earth. What are you making of this right now? If you're in good relation with things, you know, versus a kind of state of sin, if you will, these are all, you know, not as literal. They don't have to be as literal as people want to make it out to be. And yes, we've, you know, these things got hijacked or used sometimes, um, to, um, what legislate people's lives you know control people make people feel all kinds of things but uh the uh ideas of like trying to be in right relation with the universe you know i'm all about that yeah me too and you need to meditate and shit pray whatever you know whatever you want to call it it, it really like when i was growing up in the church um you know, we were taught first, like, okay, you say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for my family. Thank you for the food that we get to eat. Please bless me that I'll remember to do my homework. Please bless my family to whatever, you know, and in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. And some, finally, at some point, I don't know how old, uh, it struck me when a teacher taught this lesson, it was like, okay, um, in your prayers, we all know that we have this, like, uh, thank you portion and please bless portion. But then afterwards, do you ever just like, do you just say in the name of Jesus Christ, amen, and go to bed and go to sleep? Or do you ever listen? You know, listen, you just talk to God. Why don't you listen? And I was like, oh, I thought it was a formula. Basically, we had to say so we got to go to the good heaven. Okay. So, <laughs> so, and I'm like, so, so, so to people who want to mock praying, I'm like, well, okay, do you take the time during the day, even once, much less maybe twice or more, to think about things that you're grateful for? To think about things that you're concerned about in life. Maybe somebody you're like, oh, yeah, her mom has cancer. I should text her, you know. Um, and then to meditate, to listen. Same thing, you know. Because, you know, I wish we had a president who did that. And, and they're going to call it praying, you know. So, like, yes, I would kill for a president who prays. Yeah. If Donald Trump would just, everyone wants him to do shrooms. Or, you know, I would suggest Molly for the next debate, you know. Um, yeah. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> what? Hilarious. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Rogan uh, <laughs> moderates the Molly. Yes. Yeah, pay per view. Yeah, pay per view. Someone else Dude, said that. Pay per view. <laughs> yeah, pay per view. The Molly debates. Yes. <laughs> I have a way to solve the whole economy. Everyone, every citizen will scrounge up five bucks for that. Like another <laughs> maybe even ten. Where they actually box. I, I would like to see mm -hmm. that too. Um. Wait, what were we talking about, though? The debates, the Molly, the... Mormon, and... I was going to say oh, yeah. the, the still small voice. That was the thing that I really the loved. still small voice. 
yeah, come from yeah, they, that was one of the like, oh big yeah, things. the praying and everything. Yeah, but yeah, but I do wish. Well, I do wish yeah. that that Trump would pray every night. Yeah, like, just oh, forget yeah. the drugs. If Trump would just pray, you know, give us ten minutes a night where you pray. I, you know, it's like at this point, I wish we were a Christian nation. If we acted <laughs> like Christians, but uh, our foreign policy doesn't look Christian-like in any way. It looks arguably like the worst version of Islam, you know, if you take them, some of their scriptures, literally. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, give us the love. Give us the turn the other cheek. Give us the way he felt about money. That's not the nation that we are. So, yeah, I would let <laughs> if we could all. I'll just decide, like, hey, part of what being an American is, is that you're going to be, like, the good kind of Christian, the real, like, you know, Jesus-y type of Christian, <laughs> yeah. um, and we're all, all going to agree to that together. You don't have to really leave it in any way that's not metaphorical, whatever, but that's, we're going to do Christmas, we're going to whatever, we'll even incorporate a bunch of other good holidays from other religions, but we'll make a new form of Christianity where we're all in this together, American Christians. <laughs> Yes. Didn't think that's what I would be proposing yeah, today. Like, or like a version of Mormonism. Quakers. Yeah. I mean. We could, yeah, you know, the hybrid of like all the good stuff. My, my like, okay, if someone had to like make me choose a religion, like, I'd be like, oh, I'm like a UU. Like, I'm a yeah, yeah. Unitarian Universalist. <laughs> um, UU. That was the first choice I, church I ever went to on my sure. own. Like, chose it myself when I was like 17. I was living in a job corps, which is, like, federal government and, like, program or whatever. And one of we, – we couldn't really leave or get rides except for these, like, very short list of, of reasons. And one of them was, like, worship. Yeah. So I was like, oh, fuck. Like, okay, I'll just find, like, oh, yeah, cool church. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, like – It's like yeah. not taking the smoke, smoke break, you know? Like, yeah. you, you don't have to smoke, just go out there and, you know, pretend. Definitely. Uh -huh. Yeah. And I met this cool old lady, and she, like, would buy me lunch, and we would talk. She had turtle. Yeah. She was ancient, too. I don't know. We were just friends. It was, like, the weirdest thing. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I miss her. I, she's probably maybe dead, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. You, <laughs> you, church. Um, and well, you know, I don't know if you know, if you've been to other UU churches, but there are, they're different. They're not, there's, you know, like you can go to a UU church that is Christian and then you can go to a UU church that's like, we pray to the winds and kind of, that's it. Um, and there's kind of anywhere in between, or I'm sure there's versions of other religions. There's probably some kind of, yeah, real Jewish UUs. I don't know if there are any Muslim UUs yet, but I would like to go <laughs> if yeah. I could find one. They, Dude. My ex that I told you about was... I guess experimenting with Islam for a while and she would bring she would bring I think it's called iftar she would bring home the most delicious food sure. like she's like I got this at the at the wasn't a mosque I guess she was like yeah I brought this home and I was like this is so like I'm gonna convert for the food like this is so yeah. fucking good <laughs> but then she was like, "Yeah, the men and women are separate," and I was like, "Yeah, I don't want to do." That. <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, but can I go back and forth? That's fine if they want to be separate, but like, I I can go back and forth, right?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I think it should be. We should just have three genders. There's always dude, always chick, and back and forth people. 
Yeah, I, I had a professor say say that that was their their ideal like sports construct, uh-huh. so that people um, to to end the controversy over like men and women sports and trans yeah. people and intersex and like. I mean, I really I see how would that. How would that work if we have three? Is it kind of like you self-police? We do hormone levels. What's the... Because it's not just hormone levels, so you can't just... I think it was a choice. It was like you can opt into the... But I, yeah, I don't... It was only... It was like the World Powerlifting Championship, and they got um, them to have a a, a non-binary category. Um, And yeah, it's kind of cool. But, like, the thing with Caster, Semenya, like... Why don't you just be called medium? Right? I'm like, I know, why don't they do, like, weight class or, like, have some other besides gender? Like, there are cis women that are going to kick ass, like, in their... Cis, yeah, like, that's why I'm saying, like, you could be cis, but, like, you, you happen to be, like, really large and really testosterone-y or whatever, and you yeah. could be one of those little gay dudes who's tiny, you know what I mean? So, yeah. like, yeah, it kind of should be, like, self self-police... And, and it, look, and we, you know, there's like, there's small, medium, large. Yeah, we'll just put it that way, whatever. And you can, but you have to think about not just tall and whatnot, but your musculature and things. And if you get to self-police, but if we all look at you and are like, really? You're putting yourself in the she category. You go, get your ass into the medium category, okay? No, you know what I mean? I think there has to be, if we're going to do self-ID, then we all have to be like, no, to some people, if they're trying to, you know, take it. But yeah, three. It makes Maybe sense. it should be like by committee or like jury, like decides. Yeah, which... there should be a jury of <laughs> some cis on each side, some non binary, like, you know, it's a lesbian who would, who, a tiny lesbian who's the <laughs> leader. Anyway. Um, like, what if yeah. Castor raced I mean, as a I... man and still won? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know the number. I'm not like super. I don't understand all of the, like, nuance of it but well i mean i've looked at the numbers and it's pretty um it's pretty you know there are there are dudes who are not very competitive at all in the dude category but if you put the numbers on the women category it's like okay well now you're first place you know stuff like that we're like the best females in the world can't compete with like kind of medium good dudes like can't compete there's and it but it all depends on the sport you know and everything is different and so i you know if we're only if we're gonna have this two system then we're gonna have to have very different rules for different sports some sports maybe you have to have had you know the hormones for x number of years or y number of years or maybe you've had to you have to have shaved some part of your legs down or something for other sports because part of the issue is that like yeah of course men are males are better at all these sports they were made by males for males you know maybe (laughs) females would do better. Oh, hold on. It says my connection is unstable. Can you still hear me? I can hear you. Uh, can you still, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. I think it's coming back. Okay, here we go. Um, I'm like, yeah, so maybe uh, females would be able to be the best at some sports if we designed them, you know, where it was like, uh, we're testing, you know, you'd have to incorporate, I think it would have to be like, you have to multitask and there'd be pain <laughs> endurance and you know, I'm like, why? We have to figure out what kind of sport we want to do. But yeah, so I, the, the whole sports issue, it's like, I just feel like every time anyone talks about it, they're only bringing two of the 12 pieces we need to talk about to the table. 
in order to come up with real solutions. Except for you and me, who, of course, have come up with several practical solutions where it's like, <laughs> guys, instead of squabbling, why don't, we, why don't we just come to the table? It's like, you know, watching Biden and Trump debate. It's just like watching people on Twitter debate. You know, that's what we all... It's just like, I remember in the 90s, staying up late one night watching these Israeli-Palestinian people debate each other about what they were, you know, should do. And it was like watching Donald Trump last night, you know, Trump and Biden last night. It was like that. It was like, God, and I remember as a child being like, this is insane. Why can't, I I don't care what's happened in your past. Can't you see that it would just be worth it to learn to fucking get along and share now, you children, you boy. That's how I feel too. Like, I don't, I moved from Michigan to New Hampshire when I was six and it was like this big traumatic thing. But then, like, I got over it. And now I have trouble empathizing with people's connection to place. And, like, I've tried to make San Francisco my, like, mm. spiritual place. And and it has to an extent, but, but I don't fully know. But I, I was watching the Marshall Islands people, and, like, their their island is, go- is going underwater. Like, their reef and, uh, or atolls, mm-hmm. atolls. That's what, anyway, so they're, like... Their whole religion, their whole, like, ancient culture, right, is tied to these atolls in the Pacific. And, like, yeah. they're going they're gonna to be gone. So they all have to move. They're all moving to, like, Arkansas because they have a community there. And, yeah. like, um, yeah. I was, like, I was, it, it kind of got through to me. I was, like, like this is kind of, I, got, I don't know, like, secure attachment or whatever. Yeah. Like, they're, like, they have yeah. this connection to the land and they're losing it and and i was like oh maybe i'm maybe it's so easy for me to like move and maybe it's so hard for me to empathize because of because for me i I never really had that like it's always been right that's a good point when it comes to the the geography stuff i think and in america we're not always taught to really have a relationship to the land to the earth and 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 we imported our religions and stuff over here mostly although uh, mormonism american made um and so you have your language your religions your food your whatever is supposed to really be or you know would historically have been really tied to the land and so for these people who are you know ancient cultures i mean yeah they really don't want to move and i get that but i'm just like okay you're already all living somewhere can we just draw the lines here <laughs> wherever you're, I mean, but, but some of it is like, the, I know there's scriptures have things to say about Jerusalem. Um, our scriptures, if you, you know, can allow the pronoun for me and the Christian church um, have, you know, are the, these ideas about where, you know, things that need to happen in Jerusalem so that Jesus can come back and that that has informed some of our foreign policy and continues to. So that's kind of awkward. Um, and yeah, but, but, but just, that was just an example of like a debate where you're like, can we please not just, isn't it worth it to just figure this out and get along? But I think especially right now, or, you know, since the the COVID shutdowns, people have been spending so much more time online and not face to face, not at comedy shows, not talking to each other, meeting each other and dating each other. that we're forgetting how human all the other sides of all, all of our disagreements are and that we have way more in common and that we can talk about this. We can laugh about this. Like not everybody wants to be the woke PC police. You even when you think they are, but also some people need to calm the fuck down on Twitter um, and places and YouTube and also realize that it's not worth the clicks and the uh, notoriety to 
go lean too hard in some political direction just because it starts getting you much more attention and quote unquote love from people. Yeah. I've been terrible on Facebook. Said the worst things. Like, <laughs> um, I hope I'm not anymore. I talk it up to like mental illness, frankly. I feel like I get at these. No, it always happens when I'm off my meds. Like yesterday. I realized that I hadn't been taking my Wellbutrin because I had run out, not noticed, and then refilled my weekly planner and just not put it in. Mm -hmm. And and then I was like, why am I so miserable? I'm so depressed. I'm so irritable. And so I called my psychiatrist and like... Stop. Huh? I don't know if you can hear me, but... Oh, I can hear you. Wait, wait, hold on. You you broke up again. Back up. I was saying, okay, I've been yep. terrible okay. on Facebook, right? And then every time I say some things uh-huh. I regret, I like go into my. I end up finding out later that like one of my meds ran out and I was missing it and didn't notice. <laughs> like yesterday, it happened. I was feeling awful for like a week, and I looked through. I called my psychiatrist and. She's like, we can raise your Wellbutrin. How many Wellbutrins do you have left? So I go, I look, find it, and I'm like, it's not there. I look in my planner, there's no Wellbutrin. I'm like, oh my god, like, it was such a relief. I was like, oh, it's just the pill. That's why I feel, like, so terrible, and I'm so irritated. So yeah, I went and got it, and now I feel better. But, like, it's just, it's wild, because every time I'm not myself, it's like... It's mad. So whenever I'm seeing an unhinged trans person on Twitter, I should just assume they're probably accidentally off their meds that day (laughs) and not (laughs) impute any of that. I can only speak for myself. Like, (laughs) um, because like I can, I can not understand someone and still have empathy and like respect for that person. But, like, when I'm yeah. miserable, I, I'm like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. I'm like, yeah, I see. That makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense from some of the unhinged comments I see from trans people. Oh, my God. If you, you haven't, like, Facebook stalked me, I hope. But, yeah, sorry. I mean, I don't, I don't argue with people on Facebook. I occasionally look at pe- drama on Facebook, but very rarely. And I usually if anything, might like one comment in a thread of something, if I can find one that I like, <laughs> that it would happen. Yeah, um, but other than that, yeah, that's a dumpster fire, as the children say. Um, like but on, on Twitter, <laughs> yeah, but a drug. But see, that's the thing. I started using Twitter as a drug a few a few months into quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I definitely got on Twitter. I mean, I try to have a good relationship with it. It's not bad. I, I do a, a, a decent job most days. Um, with the phone, but the Twitter people, and because you only have, I don't even know how many characters, um, you know, it doesn't lend itself toward like nuanced arguments, but a lot of us are on there and willing to have nuanced arguments, but people on all kinds of sides of everything will just try to chime in and change it into something. And you just want to be like, don't, can we just, some of us were having a conversation. Yeah. That was the same thing. Did you use Reddit at all? Or do you use I like work credit. I don't usually type things. I guess I've started to. Yeah. And like Insta and Twitter, I've only just sort of. I've had them for a while, but I never use them. So. Yeah. 
Facebook is just so bad. Like, it's such a terrible, like, toxic pool to, like, be in. Um, But I'm, like, totally addicted. (laughs) I mean, for me, it's, like, once I started comedy, all of my, you know, most of my Facebook friends started becoming comedians or people who just like comedy or whatever stuff you meet. And then, so at that point, like we're all just promoting our shows and then occasionally saying some funny thing or ha- having a little conversation where we're talking about a topic. And it's usually, you know, it's usually more civil. Like I'm sure I could get into the more dramatic, you know, but I just quickly was like, I, I just don't check my feed. I mean, I, I'll see if there's any notifications pertinent to, you know, but why would you read? I can't. I don't know. I don't understand why y'all. Why I, guess, even... I guess that's part of it. It's, it's, it's comedy. Like, a lot of what I yeah. get out of it is, is like, queer community, and but also, like, hilarious queer community. And there are these groups. Well, that's, it's, I feel like Instagram's better for that. Oh, really? Well, I'm in this you group know. on Facebook. And it's I mean, like- I'm probably missing all the good stuff. Maybe. I'm sure that's the thing because I because I don't engage with Facebook at all. I miss the good, the bad, and the ugly. But I'm sure there's really funny stuff I'm missing. So I've been on there. Can you give me an example. Years. It's horrible. Um, just like I mean, I've been on there technically, but I mean, but what? Uh, can you give me an example of funny queer stuff? Oh my god! <laughs> like, um, um. Yeah, okay, okay, here's a funny story. Okay, so this girl, this woman, she, um, she's, she's a sex worker or whatever. She's trans and, um, she had a guy that, like, a client was like, oh, do you dress that way all the time? And she was like, mm-hmm. went on this tirade, like, about the difference between, like, cross-dressers and trans women and, like, all this stuff. Yeah. And, like, got super heated. And then, like, after she stopped, the guy was like, no, I meant, like, a goth. <laughs> like, do yeah. you dress like a goth all the time? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah like, that's what my first thought was. I was like, well, what kind of outfit were you wearing for that, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, but I've totally had guys be like, oh, do you, like, dress? Do you dress all the time? And I'm like, fuck you. I'm, like, so mad, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, well, that's another little disease in our culture, as a lot of people are taking offense more often than it's given, you know? And we all need, but that's just, you know, it's not just trans people. It's like all of us are projecting constantly all these insecurities that we have and assumptions, you know, and so it's like, we all need to just take a deep, like, that's why I love this, this thing, loving what is this Katie Byron person. Have you heard of her? Yeah. Um, I heard of her on the, you made it weird podcast and, um, she has this kind of basic idea. I'm going to butcher it, but it's about like taking any kind of belief you have or kind of assumption you realize your brain is making and then really just questioning it. Like, is that true? Can I be sure that it's true? You know, and then start turning it around. Like if you think, um, this person is um, questioning, you know, you know how much like a woman I look today. You go, I'm questioning how much of a woman I look like today. I'm questioning uh, how much of a woman she looks like today, you know. Yeah. And sometimes you find you're like, oh, I was judging her. And so I was assuming she was judging me because, 
you know. Yeah. Um, and it's real. I can't remember. There's, yeah. there's like multiple steps of it, and I, I, I never explain it right. But I'm just like, I've just learned to start taking all my little thoughts, or as many of them as I catch, and going, is it true? Can I be sure it's true? Can I turn it around? Which is interesting because for comedy writing, that is kind of what we do a lot of the times. Take a cultural premise, something our culture believes, right, and go, can we be sure that that's true? What if the opposite's true? Or what if this direction of it's true, you know? Yeah. Of course. No humor. I feel okay. like as much well, as Well, do you have anything more um, that we should... Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm starting to get a little dizzy, should. so I feel like we should end soon. <laughs> yeah, no, I need a break before my next podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this has been really fun. Hey, so how do you feel about, um, how do you feel about trying to uh, produce these? Yeah, um, I, yeah, I was planning on working on that. Um, do, do you want to like, separated or added it in a way like um hand split it in two or try to I, i'm not really sure so i would say like there's definitely parts to edit out where we were getting water or stuff like that yeah or, for sure yeah uh, <laughs> um well just yeah just to go over because it's usually it's kind of more or less simple but you know finding a good time in the beginning to cut in you know maybe what i'm just saying like good to meet you or whatever but you know you can kind of use your ear and then um i don't think there was anything that i felt like oh that was boring or we should cut that out i don't i don't remember having that feeling so um uh then should at the be, end you what oh should so the, like introduce ourselves <laughs> oh yeah let's record that here if you if you have a minute let's try to do that um but, but then also if you, so then if you cut it at the end at some point where you think, okay, well, the rest of this could be a Patreon, like extended version, whatever you think is like the right amount of time for their attention and, you know, what we want to be public versus, um, you know, just cause like sometimes if, if, I mean, and I'm high, so maybe I thought we were, you know, even more funny and, and poignant than we <laughs> were, but <laughs> I feel like there's some stuff where you're like, well, they, the people have got to hear that, <laughs> the however many people, but, yeah. um, so whatever the line is where it's like people who are really interested will get something out of this. Um, but this is the public anyway. Um, so I think that's really all, I mean, I don't have a lot of ideas about kind of music or like transitiony things. Yeah. Um, I, I just know I want to go in the direction of it sounding more like a real podcast, but I don't. Yeah. I'm not good at, like, design, you know? Um, I will I try to put my the creativity. It's, it's hard. Like, all of it's new to me, so it's, like, um, I'm learning. But as soon as I'm sure I figure it out, it'll be a lot easier. Um, yeah. So. Well, it'll all be a pro process. That's the thing. I like, I like new projects because you get to level up quickly. Yeah. Um, I really but, like your California flag, by the way. <laughs> oh, thanks. That's my girlfriend's, of course. I figured. Um, and your Texas shirt, too. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, have to um, I was in Texas for the first time recently, like a couple weeks ago. I, I was at the had a layover at the George Bush Airport <laughs> in Houston. So everyone was so nice. Someone yeah. told me Texas was, like, mean. Like, eh. oh, they no. were so nice to me. <laughs> no, that's part of the whole Texas thing, because it's, like, that's what makes us such an interesting 
kind of purple state, leaning more purple now, um, is that we really value being kind to each other and not, you know, there's kind of a like, we're all equals vibe that, um, and we're, you know, that, yeah, we can tolerate differences and stuff here. We're, we're more mature than that, you know, all that stuff. That's part of what we don't want to lose when we do have immigrants from California and other places. It's like, hey, 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 remember, though, that we're all Texans. Act, you know, acculturate yourself to um, saying howdy to everyone. Yeah, you know? yeah. I did say hi to my neighbor, by the way, after I listened to that. Yeah. She was like, good morning. I was like, hey. like <laughs> Was she uh, uh, of the wheat? skinned persuasion uh as far as i could tell yes yeah yeah well yeah that's what i'm saying i that's we are so fucking awkward i mean of course we're not getting along as a country i mean we can't even say hi to each other without yeah. being like okay i have like terror if someone starts talking to me i'm like yeah. like terrified social anxiety well we were all just raised wrong i mean this blows but we're we gotta we gotta raise ourselves now yeah that's so true. i, I want to and young people need to be letting it. We have all these podcasts. We have all these books. We have, every, you know, real life friends. We need to be learning from our elders. We need to be listening to them and their wisdom and not dismissing them as old, racist, transphobic losers, you know, religious idiots. Um, <laughs> they've all died. <laughs> That's kind of on the nose. Like, sorry. That, <laughs> I do feel that a lot of the time. Never apologize because you're laughing at a good point. I mean, <laughs> um, it was a good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all I want in life is to make people laugh when I make good points I'm like I don't want to have a punchline I just want to make a good point and then make me laugh <laughs> um, yeah I guess I want to be a preacher who's basically but like a, a comedy club yeah you know? that's so it's real hybrid of yeah right um, Nikki Glazer I, I, I know she's she's uh, <laughs> basic she's kind of a basic white girl but like i love her so much yeah. and she talks about that like right. uh, I, no i told her she was like they call me a sex comedian blah 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 no one thinks women are funny i so i sent her a message i was like no you're like a spiritual guru ignore misogynist i was like i listen to you every day like <laughs> and she was like thank you so much for saying that but it was like i meant Aww. it like it is spiritual like when yeah. we're on stage, like, our word, like, matters. Like, yeah. yeah. Hold that is my Dude, advice I know. to you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Okay, so, um, now we have to introduce ourselves. <laughs> okay. How should that go? I have, to th you have to think these things through. It's like, what, what are we supposed to say? Oh, am I, should I introduce you? Um, you should I be, like, our guest today? You know, oh, what do you, what do you think? Oh, but you I can introduce myself. Last time you did ASL. Because I just said, hey. <laughs> like, um, you did age sex location. <laughs> I heard one. Problematic. <laughs> well, I thought it was so funny and such a throwback. Like, um. <laughs> I had been thinking about AOL days that day, I think. <laughs> my email is AOL. Oh, nice. <laughs> AIM changed my life, man. One of my That's important. It did. It taught me how to type. It taught me how to type and talk to people in this way. Like it taught me that I was really funny and fun to. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I came into my own um, being able to type to people. It's funny because I don't do it as much. I, w I miss it. I wish I had more of that where like it was really 
chatting with people online, but it, it's all become work to me, right? Even Facebook Messenger, anything, it's almost always work. Sorry. You know, that used to be so fun. <laughs> it used to be so fun. <sighs> what has become of us? What has become of us? Views and opinions expressed by Ariel do not necessarily reflect the official positions or beliefs Ariel currently holds. Ariel is opinion fluid and tries out lots of ideas. Music, Rotator, and Flying Over the Dateline by Moby, courtesy of MobyGratis.com.